Welcome to another episode of Weekly Comics Monthly. My name is Jim. Hi, I'm Zach. And this is, of course, a podcast where we discuss two of the world's greatest serial weekly anthologies, 2000 AD and Weekly Shonen Jump. A little taste of the British and a little taste of the Japanese. Um, I um, This uh, episode is running a bit late, uh, so instead of covering a single month, we're sort of kind of going to be covering the last two months, which will be most uh, August and most of September. Yeah, it's actually been a, a pretty interesting month in terms of development within um, the structure of the two magazines. So it's actually really interesting to just come in after two months and see how much has changed. A couple yeah. of strips have finished permanently, a um, couple of new strips have been introduced. And as of recording, um, in just two days' time, Prog 2000 will be landing, which is Ooh. a completely new lineup, complete celebratory issue, new strips, everything. That's. For 2080 at least, monumental. Big, big damn deal. Big damn deal, especially considering they didn't expect 2080 to last past 100 issues. <laughs> Nearly 40 years later, Jesus. Also marks the fact that I've been reading 2080 for six years. So six. Six indeed. Oh, well, I guess I started five years before you. I've been reading it for 16 now. Ooh. No, not 16. What am I saying? I, 11. I, I guess around 11. I started in about 2005. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because yeah, you had tr- circulation issues in America with um, yeah, it, it was a bit, It was a bit of a mess. Um, I got lucky. The the local comic shop had, had a bunch of back issues piled up, and I picked up. Actually, I picked up some two, issues from 2004, and I didn't start getting ordering it regularly until early 2005. Yeah. Yeah, but you you guys in the, in America can only get them in like seasonal blocks, like six monthly blocks. Is that right? Like the physical ones, they come I, in big packages. I'll be honest, I haven't bought print ones in years now. Yes. But last time, it basically what would happen is they would come in, give or take blocks of months. Basically, mm-hmm. five to six progs would show up at once. Uh, for a while, they were in mylar bags. They'd show up all bundled together. Yeah. Uh, before the et, it would be the same except they wouldn't be bundled together you would just get a whole pile at once yeah so you were always behind and you were always you know you never knew when they were coming because the manifests were always wrong uh, about when they were shipping and then you'd wind up getting six issues that cost five dollars and 25 cents a pop land yeah it just doesn't work does it it was a nightmare and they always the one thing about it was they all the 2080 related stuff always showed up at the same time so not only would you get six progs you get a magazine you would get all your trade orders your collect your collected edition orders yeah those all of course were uh none of them had u.s pricing either so you were you were paying out the nose in 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 conversion for them yeah it's a happier paying three dollars a week uh with the week it comes out digitally it, it's way simpler it is a lot easier i've just started getting back into buying some some physical monthly comics because having moved closer to my local comic shop which was my initial reason for going digital is i lived in a town where there was no comic shop and i didn't have any access to the ones in the Manchester city centre. Right. Uh, I've now started to buy some physically that aren't available digitally, but they're mainly small press. Um, there's like the, there's the Wagner and Grant uh, Rock of the Reds comic that I'm reading because that's not available digitally. Um, a bunch of small press stuff by my uh, friends I know personally um, that you just can't buy digitally. But other than that, I, I am sticking to the digital format because it's just easy. 
Okay. And then I'll double dip for trade paperbacks, physical trade paperbacks. Because but yes, I, I don't miss the 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 crapshoot that, that yes. was getting British imported comics in America. I don't hmm. miss it. It's really weird it works that way because we don't have any issue getting American comics over here. So yeah. why is it so difficult? Yeah, I, I basically a few years ago I started a thread on the 2080 forums and the first question I asked was, do you guys just like get U.S. comics like normally? And the answer was yes. Yeah. Diamond <laughs> just delivers them like they're supposed to. It's it, it just doesn't make any sense why it works that way. But yes. then again, the, the, I, I never figure it out. It was always a mess, and God help you if something didn't show up, you would never, ever, ever see it. Yeah, but this was also the problem with uh, the physical Japanese, uh, well, the physical English Shonen Jump when they were running that. It would be anywhere between six months to a year behind. It did not have a regular release schedule. It was not weekly. Was it printed in the UK or was it just? I believe it was printed in America, but it was released over here. I do remember seeing it on the stands in yeah. um, uh, comic shops and in uh, WH Smiths and stuff like that, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Um, but I remember picking up an, uh, like an up-to-date issue of um, the, the, the physical jump in like 2009, flipping to the Bleach page, and it was it, it printed a chapter that was already available in trade paperback. Woof. Which is showing how far behind it had got, which is probably why they switched to digital. Yeah, I believe the the print era, while um, while um, a good effort, was highly flawed yeah. in terms of the turnaround from Japan to America, and scanlations basically killed it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the 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 now day and date with Japan digital is just way better, I think. Well, I think scanlations are still a bit of an issue with that, particularly with the jump, because the jump has a problem of um, some pirates that they're not able to locate who for the last, like, ten years has been leaking them out the Wednesday before. Oh. So, so there's still an issue there of um, a legal reason of getting it. You have to wait another five days. So coming out of Japan, it's like five days before it even sees print in Japan? Well, n- n- yes, yeah. It, there's, there's a pirate out there who leaks them onto the net um, the Wednesday before release. That's that's hmm, That seems really weird. Must that, 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 that's why Scanlations are still doing really well. I mean, the books get must be the books are printed, so they must be printed in advance, that far in advance. So he just might must be getting his hand on a copy of the printed issue when it yeah. comes off the press mm. somehow. Mm. Yeah, it's it, it's obviously some mole who's working inside, and they've not been able to find who it is. But um, yeah, that's a that's pain. I just kind of kind of wish that side of the internet would go away because you know these well, are, it, at the end of the day, they're real people and they deserve the money. It's a double edged sword because on one hand, yes, all the licensed stuff we're getting, you know, at the rate we're going to get it, but all the stuff that doesn't get licensed. Yes, that true. You're not going to get. I mean, for years it was like the only way to read JoJo, or the only way to read. Uh, uh, well, it's still the only way to like read. Um, like the 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 world belongs to me. Yeah. Some those obscure type. Those Rose of Versailles and all that. Yeah. They were still really, really difficult to get a hold of. Um, well, Mobile Suit Gundam: The Origin only a few years ago got picked up by Vertical. So. Right, it was being it was it was licensed by Viz for a while. Then they lost. Then they they stopped printing it because I don't think sales were very good. And so yeah, it wasn't until Vertical picked it back up that that got translated officially. Hmm. I'm trying to think what else I've you know read. 
Scanlation wise, yeah. yeah. Well, I I was perplexed at first because we didn't have Hero Academia at first. It, did, nope. it didn't get added until like chapter twenty or something. Right. It was like so, yeah, it was like thirty chapters. Yeah. So I, I was reading that one uh, through Scanlations, and I, I I read the first chapter of the the, the spinoff. Um, yeah, you said it wasn't very, wasn't very good. It, it, disappointing more than anything else. It has a good core concept. Um, is it like uh, is it like a web only thing, or is it like in a different magazine? It's in a monthly publication, a monthly Shonen Jump publication. Mm. Um, I don't think we'll get it here in the West, but the the main issue with it is one of the art. I, I'm not keen on the art in it. It looks a bit, you know, generic almost. Yeah. And then the second is of the the, the trio. It's so horrifically, horrifically cliche that the main female protagonist <laughs> is used as a plot device in the first chapter, wherein that she is nearly gang raped. Oh. And yeah, it, it, I, I kind of got to that point and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish this later. So what, it, what is its premise? Is it like different students or side uh, story or? The, the concept is, is it revolves around free people who become vigilante superheroes. They're not licensed, because obviously in the world of hero academia, you have to yeah. have a license to be uh, to be a hero. Um, one of them doesn't have a power. He's just basically the... the Batman. The ta- the, the, he's Batman, basically, without being rich. So He's, so, the, so he's I, the most interesting one. So when, when I heard the... See, when, when Hero Academia was first announced... I kind of wanted uh, Midoriya to be non-powered because I thought yes. it was a cheat to have your non-powered character get powers in yes. order to fit in with all the powered people. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's what that's what Knuckle Duster is in Vigilante. He he's uh, he is a Batman in a way that he doesn't have any superpowers. Um, is that like he, gadgets? Yeah, he has gadgets and he has Knuckle Dusters and that's it. But then the two other protagonists have really lame powers. Like one, she can't fly, but she just kind of skip a few times and then she hovers ah, and that's it. And she's got kind of like, she wants to be an idol and all that, you know, cliche. Yeah. And then there's another guy who can kind of hover across the floor if he's got three, three limbs touching the ground, but he can only go at the pace of a bicycle. So he's kind of lame as well. Um, I am, in, I'm going to keep reading it just to see where, what it plays with the universe laws. Right. But otherwise, the first chapter left me a bit kind of like, eh. So it's it's not, is it written by the author or is it? No, he's only overviewing it, I believe, consulting it. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I could understand not drawing it, being you know busy with the actual comic, but. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. We'll see. I had the same reaction to Astra Lost in Space with the first chapter of that. And that's actually got really good recently. Hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, I, it, it's got to like come down from the editors and say you need to spin off. We got to promote this. Yeah. I mean, and you need to make it more cliche because that's what Otaku want. Which is funny because Sell the whole, statues. Yeah, which is which is unfortunate because the whole reason why Hero Academia is doing so well is because even though it is to a degree cliche, is doing right. things differently. It does, it does subvert expectations and it does yeah. it. In, in those cliches it does hang on to it it doesn't it doesn't like bog itself down with no and vigilante is kind of taking about three or four steps back so that's mm. that's disappointing but you know if, if if it stops being good i'll just say it's not canon right <laughs> always not canon but anyway that about just you know sums that up we've talked about that a little bit but what have you been up to this last month jim 
Oh, geez. Honestly, I've been, I've been watching a lot of movies lately, uh, to be hmm. honest. I, I've been trying to fill out my 80s movie collection. Um, in the last month, I, I watched uh, Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. That uh, is a film and a half, isn't it? I, 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 I had never actually watched the entire thing. I had When it came out on DVD back in like 2001 or two. I had bought it out of mm-hmm. pure curiosity. And then I watched like 20, uh, 10 or 20 minutes of it and turned it off and never watched it again. I think younger me just didn't appreciate it. It is definitely a nuanced because alternative I, sci-fi. Because now I love it. I I, I, I loved it. And it's, it's a John Smith film when you think about it. It's a bit Indigo Prime-ish. Very. It's very... It's very I, I called it like a combination of Doctor Who and Challengers of the Unknown. Yeah, that's an appropriate... Um, it, analogy. I, I really like the, the, the team aspect of it. All these like quirky like almost like eighties characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I it will is. its biggest flaw is Buck Rubanzai himself is not very interesting and his love interest wasn't very interesting. She wasn't used very well in the movie. No. It's yeah. really unfortunate it didn't become you know more sequels because it definitely felt like it had a lot of room to grow. Well it was there was supposed to be one, wasn't there? It was right. like the final closing sequence is like Buckaroo Banzai will return. Yeah. And it never did. No. No, that's a shame. I've I've been watching a lot of um eighties OVA stuff, anime OVA stuff yeah. this last this last month. Um, I probably want to talk about this a little more next time, but uh, I finally got around to watching Macros after you recommended it a few episodes ago. Cool. And it's well, I st- I've only watched Do You Remember Love so far, which That's we a good, we, we good, tweeted good a little bit start. during that. It's a good place to start. It is resoundingly solid. It's probably the best space opera I've seen in a long, long time. Um, cheesy as all hell, but that's I, I've never considered that a negative thing. You know, do do you do you remember Love is a very interesting movie. It's it's a retelling of the original series, um, but it's got a significant significant deviations uh, to that story. This is this is kind of it's kind of wonky how it works. Do you remember Love is actually a fictional movie within the Macross universe? Oh, really? It, it is mentioned by name in Macross Seven as a movie. Oh my! So God. it's like it's like the movie version of the actual events. <laughs> but here's the other funny thing: the the um the mecha designs in Do You Remember Love are the canon mecha designs that supplanted the original mecha designs in. Uh, SDF Macross. Oh my god. It's a bit wacky that way. But they used to do that in Marvel Comics all the time when they'd have Stan Lee or Jack Kirby have a cameo and just follow them around. Yeah. That's given me a whole new appreciation for it. I really want to get into watching the the rest of Macross. Macross Macross Universe is very interesting overall to me. I mean, it's one of my favorite uh, space opera settings. And And the way the shows work in that they are sequels to each other but they are also standalone... They're all, they're like, it's like a, it's like a somewhat, they're all like separate stories just within a larger cosmology. Um, and you can sort of like see like the, how technology progresses because at this point we're like 40 or 50 years out from the original, uh, Zandrati war mm-hmm. and things have progressed significantly in that, uh, away from that. It's, it's just a very fascinating to me, like universe in f- terms of space opera. And also Valkyries are like the best spaceships. They are the best. The best. I, I did really love that. 
I, I, found, I found it amusing when you pointed out to me, though, that um, there is an actual tie-in to Robotech slash Macros in Transformers Generation 1. Ah, uh, yes. I found that very amusing, actually. Just yeah. watching it all those years ago, I, how was I to know? Yeah, Jet, Jetfire is a Valkyrie. And I guess I guess they just licensed the uh, design from Big West back when none of this stuff was coming out in the U.S., so it was all free reign for just pick and choose what you want to license. Yeah. It was a wild west. Yeah. Actually, really if I remember correctly, there was a Hasbro got in trouble because they did this G.I. Joe Transformers crossover uh, toy line. And there was an exclusive at Comic-Con, and it was Jetfire. Oh, the original. Right. And, yeah, it was, it was like the original Jetfire as like a, I don't know if he's like a World War II uh, plane or something, but I think he was like a modern jet. But he had the fast pack, the uh, like the booster rockets. That the Valkyries have, that yeah. That Valkyries sometimes have. And I think either, I think he, it might have been Harmony Gold sued the shit out of him because they had the exclusive rights to that design at that point. Yeah. Because that's what Harmony Gold does, is they sue the pants off you if you try to do anything fun. Yeah, that's that, that's tragic. It really is tragic that there is no official release for all. But I, I managed to get a hold of the DVD copy of... Um, Plus? Uh, yeah, Macross Plus, because um, that did get a UK release here, and I, I, yeah. managed, to, I managed to hunt a copy down. Make Ma- but- Entertainment had the rights to Macross Plus and Macross 2. But oh. they didn't do anything with 2, did they? Because oh. I can't find anything about that. Oh, Mel, I don't know. I know I know it got a DVD release here. Oh, it didn't here. Definitely didn't. Uh, Macross 2 was made by different people in Japan than, than the people who made the original, so it's considered non-canon. I mean, oh, it's, we'll it's, see. Pro- it's probably worth watching, but it's not it's not uh it's not canon. Mm. Yeah. I I'm holding out hope that a company called Anime LTD will get the master the master rights to it because for years we weren't getting anything Gundam related. And now we've got Blu-ray releases of Mobile Suit Gundam, uh, Gundam Zeta, Gundam ZZ. Uh, all oh. that's getting released on Blu-ray. So I hope that Macros will be their next thing after that. Well, uh, that's right stuff. Uh, the uh, yeah, yeah, Nozomi. They uh, they made a ex- they have an exclusive deal with uh, Sunrise for all the Mac- for all the Gundam stuff. To be fair, the reason why you didn't see a lot of Gundam for well, Bandai Entertainment did a lot of the Gundam releases and directly. And I don't know. I don't know if they just didn't come out in the UK or if you just didn't see them. Gundam's always been pretty okay with being in print. It's just that for whatever reason, as popular as Gundam seems, it never seems to sell very well in the West. No, it's fairly niche, isn't it? I yeah, guess. it's nicher than you'd think, considering how you know big it is within the anime fandom. Yeah, almost omnipresent, but at the same time, it's more cultish than they would think. Yeah, yeah. Although, the, is... although this apparently sales on the latest Gundam releases, the Blu-rays have been doing gangbusters, so mm. that's good news. Well, that was it, because they released um, all of Mobile Suit Gundam in like two Blu-ray sets, and they were saying, if this sells well, we'll release Zeta and ZZ. And they did that. That, and, that happened. So that's and Charles Counter-Attack, and um, all, basically they've been doing most of the... Uh, Universal Century stuff. The only thing they haven't done yet, I think, is uh, 08 MS Team. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and uh, War in the Pocket, but that's actually coming soon. Yeah. I think they've recently announced that they're, 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 they're looking to get the rights for Wing as well. So they're going to do yes. like, um, they're gonna do um, an omnibus version with all the Wing episodes and the movie and everything in there. Right. And, they're, uh, you know. 
I, I there, there is a delay because not everything is out in not everything has been HD scanned and released in Blu-ray in Japan. So no. sort of there's they sort of have to wait on Sunrise in Japan before they can push ahead with a lot of these releases. Yeah. Well, what I've noticed is that there is a general lack of these 80s and 90s series available in HD yeah. or even DVD. Yeah. I mean, I only discovered recently that I could buy Pat Labor on Blu-ray. Oh. Yeah, and they um, actually disc that was published by Eastern Star Discotech. Yes, they're probably the only company that does anything with like the older catalog titles. They released they released what am I saying? Sentai did Pat Labar. I'm thinking of Ogress, but yes, uh, 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 Sentai did all the Pat Labar sets. I'm trying to think of who released them over here. I'll just try and get it really quickly. Uh, yeah, but... that's the other thing is because you are in the UK, your publishers may be different than mine. Well, it's really weird because we only got the original OVA series on Blu-ray, and then the second OVA series was DVD only. Oh, which that is sucks! Really friggin' annoying. Yeah, all all of Pat Labar has been released over here, and it's all on Blu-ray. Um, I only have the OVA. Um, which is great. Which is good. Uh, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would, but I think it's just because it's more police comedy than Mecha Show. Y- yeah. Fair which enough. is fine, but it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. Although, I really need to get the movies. I don't know why I haven't bought them yet. I just have not found the money or the time to buy, to do it. Yeah. I hear the movies are pretty good. Yeah. We got it over here by MVM, who I believe are a subsidiary of um, Manga Entertainment. So. Okay. Don't really know how that works, but like, I've been going through a lot of the more obscure stuff, um, like Dangayo and um, all the lesser Gundam stuff, um, Pat Labor, as I say. Yeah. Um, it, it's all really good stuff, but it's just not available here in the UK, which is... Yeah. We, see, we seem to have it worse than you, because you it guys have help. discotheque and everything, but yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we have like three labels and that's it. It's that you're a tiny island. Basically, <laughs> and you have a lot of languages on the continent, so it costs a lot to localize in the, in your region. In your, because uh, I think you're what um, region B for Blu-rays. Yes. So is at least here, Japan and the U.S. are both region A. So if you can you can import from Japan on, on Blu-ray, like it's nothing. It's easy as mm. long as they got subtitles. Um. But the UK, you guys are kind of stuck with in Region B, which means you sort of are dependent on licensed stuff. Yeah, there wasn't... You can't, you can't import from the US. That's the other big thing. Yes. There's, unless it's released Region Zero, which is always a problem. Right. But there, there was an update here a while ago where a, a French company called Kaze was bought up by Manga UK, and they started releasing the Kaze um, library over here. The only problem is that's not gone anywhere. So yeah, they, they, it's it's a frustrating situation where I have to either opt out for a region free Blu-ray player, which cost a lot, or they, um, import from across the the other side of the globe, which do add up to a lot. So yeah, it's, it's a pain in the ass. You know what the worst part of it was? Well, I don't know what you got if the licensing was region locked as well, but for a while there, Hulu had a lot of this stuff. Like, a lot, a lot of anime. Yes. And then Hulu changed their 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 uh, policies on... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? For uh, advertisement revenue. Yes. And suddenly, everybody pulled their anime off when, they ex- when, when it expired. Mm. So now, there's no anime. But now, Funimation and Crunchyroll have teamed up, 
in. Who knows? Yeah, that 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 this seems to be like the death nail for uh, Daisuke and Hulu because yeah. now that Funimation and Crunchyroll together, you've basically combined Marvel and DC of the streaming world together. Yeah. So, but but for like a year, Hulu was great. You could watch like the entire catalogs of Sentai Filmworks and and most of Funimation and Discotech, and then all of a sudden it was all gone. Mm-hmm. And that sucked. Because all the Pat Labar stuff was up, and Jinro, and all those classic 80s movies that you you, you would want. Yeah, I believe Harlock and everything was on there Harlock, as well. Harlock, Harlock's still up there, because I think Harlock has been like one of the series that has been on Hulu for ages. I think Hulu themselves have like exclusive rights to it. I don't know. Harlock's Harlock, jeez, Harlock. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good series. Um, all your anyway. anime wants and needs. <laughs> it is a good series. Um, moving on to the news really quickly. We've only got a few things to cover, to be honest. As I mentioned earlier, as of this week and recording, in three days' time, Pro 2000 will be landing with a complete new lineup and all the good stuff that's going on in there. All the British comic names you could think of, John Wagner, Alan Grant, Carlos Esguiro, Brian Bolland, Mike McMahon, Peter Milligan, all, all, all the, the superstars will be oh, in this. Only it's a the celebration. Har- only the Harry Wizards are missing. <laughs> yeah, what, Alan Moore and Grant Morrison? Yeah. Yeah, thanks, guys. Well, Alan Moore's retiring now anyway, so can't ask too much of him. Um, other than that, we have a handful of thrills of the future that have recently been announced. Um, Kingdom, As It Is in Heaven, by Dan Abnett and Richard Elson, starting at an, as of yet, unconfirmed time, but presumably Probably. next year. Probably either first of next year, or maybe it'll yeah. end up. Because it, it already ran this year, right? I believe it did. Or maybe it ran at the end of last year. I it's, can't even it, remember now. It, I, I, do rem, I do remember really digging the last run after not being so certain um, previously. But yeah. King, Kingdom's good for me now. Uh, brand new thrill, Counterfeit Girl by Peter Milligan and Rufus Daglow, starting in Prog 2000. So in a couple of days' time, actually, I'm really looking forward to that because it's Milligan and Dayglow. So yeah. it's that's going to be good. Good pairing. I'm expecting psychedelic mind fucks aplenty, so that should be good. Uh, and the return of Flesh Gorehead by Pat Mills and Clint Langley. So I can't that's a thing. I really hope. Well, actually, well, first of all, seeing Langley back is really disappointing because I was really liking the other guy. Oh, uh, McKay. Yeah, I, I liked, I liked, even though it was still inco- incomprehensible, I liked his art a lot more than Langley. Mm. The fact that they're still dealing with Gorehead, though, God damn. Yeah, it's been five books now. Let's just end it. <laughs> I. Okay. Um. And then what we got? Um. Oh, over in the two thousand eight. Uh, sorry, my apologies. Over in the Winkler Shonen Jump. Uh, we discussed this a little bit last time. The Promise Neverland has been added to the lineup, and this was really interesting because there was no break whatsoever. It just kept going. It just kept going, which is good because it means that there's not been a break in momentum or anything. Um, we could talk about Promise Neverland a little bit when we come to the lightning round, but suffice to say, I'm still really liking it. Me too. Um, and two other jump starts were previewed. We discussed this a little bit last time. One of these is Love Rush by Ryohei Yamamoto, and we will just quickly suffice it now because we don't want to give it any more credit than it's due. It's fucking shit. It's not great. At all. How far did you get before you realized that this was going to be another stinker? Page two. <clears throat> yeah, what, what, what was it? Page did, 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 one. 
Yeah, the uber male gene. The uber male gene. Oh my god. Yeah, this is the second strike for this guy now, because this this is the same dude who did E-Robots, which we hated as well. And, but at least that one didn't get picked up. No, my only hope is that this gets picked up, but it's not going to last very long. I, I, I kind of hope that this, I kind of hope this guy's cursed and he's um, never going to be able to get a proper serialization and he'll get cancelled after 20 chapters. So hold out, it won't be around for too long. And the second series was Red Sprites by Tomohiro Yagi, which yep. is, we'll talk a little bit about later. It's a yep. more interesting bag than Love Rush. Um, but it's, it's, well, we'll get to it when we get to it. It's definitely a thing, anyway. <laughs> so, just so, one step. Sorry, go on. Yeah, not a lot of news, just just a bunch of strips coming up. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Which is good. It's, it's always good to see new stuff come and go. It's always it, good it, to try something new. And I was just thinking to myself the other day, looking at this latest issue of Weekly Shonen Jump, it, it with with Bleach gone, and even Nanaskoi no, 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 gone, and... Uh, Really, those two things are really thin on the ground in terms of the lineup right now. Yeah. So it's kind of good that Red Sprite's getting added as well. It does, and I'm it really is. glad. I'm really glad that Promise never landed too. Yeah, uh, because really, that's good. Really, it's kind of they're necessary just because of the, all the whole, all the space to fill. Yeah. Uh, and over in Japan, of course, there was the ending of um, I can't pronounce it. The cop one, the comedy. Oh. Um, oh, Kochikami. Kojikami ended. That's, yeah. that's got to be a big hole in their lineup. That's as well. phenomenal. If you think about it, that's that's kind of like um, um, if Judge Dredd just stopped being published in 2000 AD. It re- really, that is kind of a, the equivalent. It, it's just such a monumental thing. And did you notice in the most recent... Well, what? The, the, all the uh, McDonald's all the... Uh, promoting? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all the Kochikami eyebrows, yeah, they are. It is the, it is the M thing, the, the monumental monobrow. Yeah, they're uh, pretty much, it's pretty much in every every strip except for some of the newer ones. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's that that seems really pleasant to me, which yeah. is I, I think a testament to how highly regarded it is over there. To, the one in Toriko is the best. <laughs> that seems so weird because it's. In all the other cases, it's just this incidental panel where it's it, it doesn't have anything to do with the, the plot or whatsoever. But in, in Toriko, it is literally one of the most important events in the entire strip. I, I wonder if it'll get removed for the collection. I, I kind of hope it isn't, <laughs> just to confuse trade readers. Um, oh. But no, that, that's really sweet. I think that's really cool. And just to think, uh, a guy has been publishing under the stresses of weekly Shonen Jump for 40 years. Whoa, that's... And I don't believe this guy has any assistance either. Yeah, I don't know any of the specifics, because, of course, it's one of the most Japanese of series that will never, never yes. in the U.S. Well, it's... Go- com- it, it, comedies are always the hardest because of yes. so much is based on, like, wordplay. Yes. it's it, that's, that's really odd. Um, but also... When typically when something's over fifty volumes, a publisher's gonna look at it and go, nah. Let alone two hundred volumes. Like we didn't even get all of Golgo thirteen. We, we just barely, got barely got any of it, and we got like a best series of best of collections. I've got all of those, and they're good. 
they're good, but it's not the same thing as having the whole like collection. Yeah. I- I'd kill for a whole collection of Golgo Man, 13. Golgo 13's awesome. It is. <laughs> um, but no, hats off to Coach Kami because that's uh, 40 years under... Good grief, that's, that's mad. That, that has to make it one of the longest-running comics ever, I think, if you think about it. By one guy, sure. Definitely. If, 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 if the rumors are true that he never once had an assistant, then that, that's pretty mad. Um, but no, as I said, that roundabout wraps up the news. So we just want to talk a little bit about another comic that me and Jim both read. Don't, don't necessarily mention it an awful lot, but it's coming to an end sometime next year. Um, it, we are, of course, talking about Robert Kirkman's Invincible. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Kind of sad to see this one go. So when did you start reading it? Not long after Dragon, actually. So it, so it was like one of your, like, you were getting into, like, superhero image comics, and it was I, just one of the ones you picked up on? Yeah. It, it, it was one of the ones that I kind of jumped on um, with my... Um, I, I'd been distant with superheroes for a long time, and then I started reading Sam Keefe's The Max. Sam Keefe's The Max led me to Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon led me to... The, the wider independent superhero scene. Right. Um, Invincible was one of the first ones I picked up on. Uh, did, did, you, did you read it all, or did you, like, start, you know... No, I, I jumped in with issue, I want to say 112, because it was he, he uh, Mark and Eve and um, no um, the, the, the baby had just moved to the new planet. Robot had taken over the Earth. Okay, and, yeah. So, so there was like there was like a catch up thing going on at the front, and I jumped on with that, and I've been reading it monthly ever since, and I absolutely bloody love it. Um, I, I I've just dive bombed and bought an absolute crap ton of the Kirkman Universe stuff. So Did I'll be coming capes? up to that really soon. Uh, capes, yep, I've got Capes. That's hey, going to be one of the first capes things I read. One of the best. I love Capes. Capes is good. It, it, I like the concept of um, a superhero team for hire because that's. Well, that's basically here academia, but yeah. Um, well, they're on the clock. They they work for a uh, for a superhero company. Oh, I see. So oh, I really look. They, I look forward they to that. clock in and then they go on patrol, and then they clock out and they go home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I dig the sound of that, and it's so short as well. It's just one volume. It, so. Yeah, it's only, it's only three comics, and it was a there was an extended um, series of backups that ran through Invincible for a period. I believe that's all collected in the Capes trade. Yeah, it, it looks like it. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. it wasn't one of the ones that set the world on fire, so there wasn't much of it. Capes and Brit and... Um, There's quite a bit of Brit. There's, I've got three trades of Brit, uh, four trades of Tech Jacket, which tech I'm really freaking yeah. looking... I'm really looking forward to Tech Jacket. I love superhero strips that um, are kind of like deep space sci-fi. Yeah, like, Tech Jacket Tech Jacket's a bit, um, I want to say, Nova slash Green Lantern. Yeah. It's pretty good, that one, that way. Nova, Green Lantern, Nexus, I, I dig all that kind of stuff. So Tech Jacket should be right up my street. Wolfman looks good as well, actually. Wolfman was good stuff for as long as it lasted. Mm. And then obviously that leads into Guarding the Globe and Invincible Universe, but I've not got those yet. I would um, definitely read Wolfman before Invincible Universe because uh, Wolfman turns up in there. A lot, yeah, from what I've heard. So no, I, I'm I'm really impressed with Kirkman being able to juggle all these titles in like one shared universe. It's and and, yeah. and weave them together so well. It's um, I mean, just having read the most recent issue of um, Invincible, there are notable appearances by Brit and Wolfman and Tech Jacket, and it, it, 
it's got a really good sense of shared worldliness without feeling forced. Right. He's really good with that. He is. And uh, fortunately now he's ending it. Yeah. Well, he's ending Invincible. I don't know whether this means he'll dabble in the universe again. Yeah, I kind of hope that he'll end Invincible. He'll end Mark's story, his his character story, and then he'll either start something else in the same universe or he'll let somebody else do like an Invincible Universe like series. Because Invincible Universe by Phil Hester and Todd Nock was like one of the best superhero comics I was reading, and that only lasted 12 issues. And, and it ended just before the whole robot uh, thing happened. So I kind of think he ended it because that plot point would have, like, ended any momentum. Everything, yeah. Yeah, it would have been hard to do both because of how much it, the, the robot stuff changed everything. Hmm. The status quo got changed significantly. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because even though I haven't started on uh, early Invincible yet, um, having read... Um, oh, re- reboot arc. Uh, well, having read the reboot arc and his appearances in Dragon, his early appearances in Dragon, it, it, I kind of get the feeling Mark was a very different character early on from what he is now. Very much so. He went through a lot of personality. Like He grew up a lot throughout the series because he started out as a teen uh, a teen superhero. Yeah, he started out as like, uh, Spider-Man. So. Yeah, and now he's... I don't even... Now he's like something very unique. He's, he's There's really no similar character to Mark. Um, except for maybe Dragon, honestly, if I'm if I'm thinking about it right, because that's Dragon was never a teenage superhero, but Dragon always sort of thought, I'm right, everyone else needs to get on board of the obvious train. Yeah. And that's sort of Mark. Mark is kinda of like the outsider looking in and can see all these like problems coming and like he doesn't have any like allies on his side. So he just kinda of has to deal with stuff on his own terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm really, I, I've really digged Invincible for its run, and I think it's going to end on like what issue 150, something like that, somewhere about. That, that's probably a, a good guess. It's 150 issues is, and it, it's such a close knit team. Um, of just it, it, it has basically just been Kirkman, Walker, and Oatley. Yeah. For 150 issues, so that that's pretty damn impressive. Um. I've actually been a little bit annoyed in some of the letters I've seen publishing that people saying, oh, I don't like Oatley's art, not Oatley, Walker's art. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is with that. Oatley's awesome. Um, Sorry, Walker is awesome. Oatley's awesome as well. I think it's just because Walker did like the first six issues and then had to bow out because it was just way too much much work. Mm. And so Oatley was just the artist and... He's been the artist ever since. Yeah, whenever you have an artist that's been on that long, it's just it's hard to accept anyone else doing it. Even if it was one of the guys whose name is put down as one of the creators of the comic. Yeah. Yeah, frustrating. Uh, to be honest, it's probably be the same with Walking Dead and Adelard. Adelard's been on it so long, if you switch it up, true. somebody would flip out. That is very, very true. No, it'll be sad to see another independent superhero book fold because it, after this, it'll basically be for me down to Dragon, and that's probably about it. I'll, at this point, I'll be buying more mainstream superhero books again. That's than... sort of sad, actually, because I've actually for the same problem. There aren't enough good independent superhero comics right now, so now I'm checking out DC Rebirth for a lack of other options. Yeah. Which, and to be fair, Superwoman. Rebirth hasn't been completely awful. Yeah, Superwoman's really good. 
by the way, for anyone yeah. out there who likes us, anything like Superman comic related or even just superheroes in general, it's just it's really well made. Uh, Detect- Detective Comics is pretty good as an ensemble book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doom Patrol is amazing. Yes, I hear that. I, Doom Patrol is very, very good. And also, Suicide Squad is surprisingly very, very good. Oh, it's, it's Rob Williams. If you can, if you can get past the artwork, I don't dislike Jim Lee. I'm gonna put that down there right Jim now. Jim Lee is drawing Suicide Squad. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That's that's. I don't dislike him. He's just not my cup of tea. But Rob Williams was too much of a pull, and he's doing really damn well with it. It feels like a return to the Ostrander run more yeah. than anything else. Well, that's good to hear because all I can see on the cover is Harley Quinn, and I go, okay. Yeah, she's 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 kind of bearable in this, in that she's she's not omnipresent like she has been in every other Suicide Squad book that's not by Ostrander. So I, I I'd recommend it. She, she just seems to be on front and center of the cover because she is the the draw, the draw. I guess I don't I don't like her particularly either. So yeah, but other than that, no Suicide Squad is actually okay. Doom Patrol, however, is some pretty damn good stuff. A lot of 2080 guys at, at DC right now. Dan Abnett and Rob Williams and... Yeah. I, I, I've not read Aquaman, sadly. <laughs> so I don't know how good Dan Abnett's been on that. And I will have to check out uh, Superwoman at some point because that does sound really damn good. So yeah, it's sad to see Invincible go. It's just... just... Five, even five, even not five years ago, when Invincible kicked off, there was actually a decent selection of superhero comics. At I know, Invincible. right? Yeah. There was Savage Dragon, of course, and uh, there was um, Fire Breather by Te- uh, by um, Phil Hester. Yeah, which I is, need to get around to that. If you can dig that up, it's really good. Um, Noble Causes was excellent. Yeah. Um, Dynamo 5, even then, was, you know... The, the the successor to Noble Causes, so it, that never really went away. Jack Staff, Mudman. Oh, J- Jack Staff, of course, that was running at the time. That was excellent. Mudman came along later. We yeah, need more just, of that. There's just not enough of that. And he, even even while Eric Larson's been on Spawn, I've been reading Spawn, and I when Eric leaves it next issue, I'll be done um, with Spawn. Yeah, I'll be done with Spawn as well, to be fair. The script is... Okay, but I'm mainly there for the art, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be a shame to have another you know non superhero. But because the the reprints of the Max finished recently, so that's so another all one. Max gone. is done too. Yeah, the reprints of the Max are over, so I should probably talk about that at some point because that's a damn good comic. But yeah, I there's just so few about. There seems to be a deficit of them. Is that like Martin Eden's finishing his Omen book as well? So that'll be gone. Um. Just, you know, there's nothing anymore. Savage Dragon, and that's about it. ON Empowered, but that only comes out once a year. Yeah, pretty so, much. Yeah, so I'll, uh, in terms of superhero books, I'll be down to Dragon, Hero Academia, One Punch Man. So, damn. Yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate. It's kind of just, it's kind of weird why how how it's just sort of so superheroes are seem to be pretty big at Marvel and DC right now. Mm. But they've just seem to be out of style again everywhere else. I, I actually suppose series like The Walking Dead, Saga, things like that have opened up the eyes to people who realize, oh, comics aren't just superheroes, let's make a bunch of things that aren't superheroes. 
That sort of um, makes sense. The, the downside to that is that has caused a deficit in the superhero market. People have stopped buying superhero books. Um, Jack Staff and Mudman both had to stop because Paul Grist wasn't making any money off them. Um, you know, it, despite being so big at the movies, I think superheroes now are more popular with non-comic reading markets than they are with the actual comic reading markets. That makes sense. Which is a pain in the ass, and is why there's no superhero creator owned books anymore. So like another one of my favourite ones, hit, um, not Hit Girl, uh, Hench Girl has had to end recently. That's a really nice little small press one that's getting reprinted at Dark Horse, but that's had to end as well because the creator's not making any money from it. So it's a pain in the backside that we can't have nice things. Speaking of nice things, see ya. So, 2080, uh, you wanted to talk about uh, Outlier Survivors, the third um, book of the Outliers. Um, third and sur- final, amazingly. Yeah, yeah. It's just over. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what can I say about Outlier other than it's been very enjoyable for its run? I, um, thought, I thought the first book was not very interesting. The second, mm-hmm. also not that exciting. I did find this third book to be better yes. overall, and I think ultimately its conclusion was satisfying because it didn't it didn't downplay itself. No, no, it 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 it, it cannot be understated that this is a narcissistic conclusion. Yep. It's it's um, basic. Future everyone's show. dead. <laughs> Everyone dies at the end. Um, it's. I really enjoyed the conflict between humanity and the herd. The fact that it, it was underplayed throughout the first and second parts, and now this one has been all-out war. Yeah. And um, um, in some quarters, I feel like it wasn't properly. It, it, it didn't feel articulated enough to feel like it was. There wasn't like ground troop activity. There wasn't uh, any kind of you know, tie fighter, X-wing right. level battles. There was nothing like that. But in terms of collateral destruction, this final run had it in spades. Mm. Um, whole planets were being blown apart. They weaponized um, the, the solar system star in the final installment, which is, when you think about it, the worst weapon that can ever happen. Um, and obviously we're having this conclusion. Um, is it, it, It's a cold ending in a way because it's a complete clean slate. Nobody won. Yeah. Um, thing is with Outlier is it, it, over the course of the three books, I don't feel like other than perhaps the last half of this final storyline, um, it couldn't have been told in a more condensed manner. It, it, it rather does feel like the whole thing with Cole and Carcer was a bit of back and forth in too much for a payoff that in the end didn't have anything to do with either of them. Like, throughout this whole third storyline, Call and Carcer have been backbenchers on either side. Call's been either unconscious or missing for the majority of this final storyline, or a hostage, or whatever. Right. And um, Carcer's just kind of turned up to be, you know, a dick. The the, the harbinger. Yeah, the harbinger for the herd. And... um, But as I said, it's, it's, it's kind of a cold ending of a finale. In, in that it's a completely clean slate and nobody has won at all. Um, well, I guess the herd kind the, the, of have her, won. The, the herd win, I think, ultimately is what it comes down to because either either humanity dies or is absorbed by the herd. 
And they're, they're, the only optimist, only optimism about the ending is the idea that maybe some of them of the humans might influence the herd in some way once they become part of the collective. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of think the ending is kind of implying that. The problem, well, here's not. It's not actually. It's not a problem. It's actually the one thing I kind of like. When the series started, it really played up the mystery of the herd and like how superior they are technologically to humans and how dangerous they are. Yes. And I felt during parts of the second book that the herd were being presented as kind of generic like space bad guys and mm-hmm. they weren't as advanced as they were like made out to be. Because they were being very conventional in like how they you know went about killing things and hunting things down and yeah how they escaped at the end of that series was kind of easy, mm-hmm. but I feel that it, that this series brought it back around and made Definitely. the herd as dangerous as they were implied to be because mm. this in this in this series it felt like humanity was doomed from the get go that humanity's yeah. hubris would never be able to like defeat the herd. Yes. And I think ultimately the ending is a testament to that. And I think that made it more satisfying because it, it, it played back into the idea that the herd are beyond humans. They're more powerful than humans and they're, 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 they're inhuman. Yes. I, I, I kind of got that feeling as well. I also noticed from the get go when the humans put their whole faith on these robots and these origami robots. Yeah. Um, it's almost kind of like, well, the turd of uh, the turd. Oh my God. The herd, my apologies. Um, <laughs> uh, when the herd um, revealed way back when that they can control technology, um, the introduction of these robots just kind of struck me as as that. Hmm, how can this backfire? How possibly can this backfire? Not mm, only are they did. not only are they technology, but they are reverse engineered herd technology. Yeah, used against the herd. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, it, humans were obviously fighting a losing battle from the get-go for this one. But as I said, the the the, the narcissism of this ending in in that none of the key players really survived right. at all in any human way. Right. Um, and right from the of, right from the beginning of the series, they said basically the only best way to survive the herd is not to bother the herd. And everything yeah. about this series has been about man, how do we put this stick in the nose of this lion? Yeah. How do we piss off the alien race that has literally existed not to be pissed off? Um, yeah, because at the end of it, the only character that can be considered to survive is Carcer. Right. And I could be mistaken, but is that him in the final I feel scene? like that's implied it to be. Yeah. I'm not sure who the other one is supposed to be, if it's supposed to be like... Some kind of weird human herd offspring? Yeah, that he's like, you know, in charge of or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's unusual, and it's kind of unfortunate in, in that this um, this rogue element of the herd were introduced so, so late on, and it, it, we never really got a chance to explore the politics of the herd. Like, why does this rogue faction exist? What are their goals? Why are they so different? Because their methods all seem to be exactly the same as the main herd fleet. Right. So, what was the point of having them? <laughs> I guess to quote unquote save humanity in the end. Yeah, quote unquote. As opposed yeah, to having cause... us all die of radiation death 
so yeah. it get absorbed. Yeah. I I do kind of feel like the tran- the sudden transition in that final part does hurt it a little bit because you know you open up on the first page is oh the sun's exploded. Hmm. Wait, hang on. Nobody's going to have time to survive that in six pages. So yeah, I kind of knew from that point that everyone was going to die. Um, but it's as satisfying it's as satisfying a conclusion as you could hope to have. Yeah, I think in- I think altogether the series will read well. Yes. I kind of wonder if it will work better as like a trade. Yeah. So I I might double dip for it when it happens. If it happens, that is. I'll come out as a floppy in another five years. Yeah, I'll stitch it together here in a month or two and reread the whole thing. Mm, Definitely. Kind of unfortunate that I own the first part in physical format and uh, the third and fourth, second and third in... uh, Digital? Digital. So yeah, that's a pain that I'm not going to bother with. Um, I think I've probably sold those progs by now, actually. But, um, no. Conclusion to Outlier, in my opinion, satisfying. Yes. Uh, a good conclusion to an otherwise flawed but still very enjoyable series. I'll agree with that. It's definitely not the worst thing that's ever been published in the prog. It's, it's not um, Babe Race 2000 or anything like that. De- definitely it's... not that bad. It, but it's no Shakara, and it's no... No, it is no. I, I won't even rank it as high as like the V, the, the color VCs, or the Dan Abnett VCs. No, as far I can as space that. opera comics go. No, in terms it's of a space pro- opera, it's it's just kind of you know okay, I guess. It's probably it's, better than Avatar. Yes, it is probably better than Avatar. Avatar, which I bought recently, actually. So I'll be reading that soon. Um. Richard, Richard Elson, anyway, so it should look good. Um, but no, you wanted to talk about Jaeger a little bit, yeah, which came it, back was, for a brief run. I was surprised to see it back, and I was also surprised to see it go. Uh, it only ran four chapters uh, in this little, you know, this little crush time before Prog 2000. Um, I actually was expecting it to lead into the uh, whole thing with her father instead of just setting yeah. it up. Um, it was just kind of a really just nice kind of. Um, somewhat quiet four-parter where uh, Jaeger is trying to get more information about her father. She's trying to decide whether he, she should back him or throw him to the wolves. Yeah. Because uh, the government's finally decided that it's time to put him down. Cause he's, he's <laughs> if they can, if they can, cause he's a dangerous element and that she's trying to decide if she should care. And so she goes to uh, someone who was, I was, I guess, a uh, officer under him while he was fighting on New Earth, and basically gets a bunch of backstory of like all the some of the things that he did, both uh, evil and decent, mm-hmm. helping the helping his troops, uh, supporting his troops, but also all the atrocities he committed, and I guess just trying to piece together whether or not she should care at all about this guy. Yeah. Even though she's her father. Well, he seems to be a total douchebag oh, anyway. He's a so. major dick. He's, <laughs> he's, he, he, he's a total nort. Yeah. This is... I, I don't want to sound harsh when I say this, but the Rennie curse strikes again in that we're presented with something excellent, but it lasts far too short a time. That's true. Um, even shorter than usual, uh, but only four parts. But... As a stopgap between um, Brink and Prog 2000, it's very good. There's certainly far worse things that could have filled this gap. Um, 
I, I genuinely enjoyed this. I am very excited to see where Rennie and Colby go with uh, Italia, Italia's relationship with her father. Um, I think she's going to basically tell him to get fucked. Um, because... Yeah. Yeah, because he's a douchebag, as we've established. Um, and then he'll probably go rogue. He'll, um, he'll be a wanted man. Um, well, if she doesn't put a bullet in him herself. Yeah. Or the, 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 the Strigoi will turn him into a monster, and she'll have to go... In, inevitably. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I thought this arc did a good job of bringing the, the Strig, uh, Strigoi curse back to showing us like its effects on people. On children. On children now, because I guess I kind of missed the part... I mean, it's, the whole premise is that she's part of this uh, Strigoi uh, hunting force that yes. whatever this genetic... Uh, defect is it's like throughout the whole population and like drives people to become animalistic Mm -hmm. and it's it's gotten so bad that all these orphan kids are getting it and that's the woman she goes to this woman who has this ex-soldier who's gone through the horrors of new earth she's caring for all of these infected children who have been abandoned or otherwise and it just kind of reminds you that this is an ongoing thing this is a this is a Something that has really infect, infested Nordland. And, uh... Yeah, it's a problem. It's it, a problem all around. And, and actually, it, this, this story sort of concludes... She, she, she wants to find a cure to what this is. She doesn't want to have to keep killing people over this. She wants to stop it. And yeah. I guess that would be a reason to save her father, is to find a solution to this problem. Because hmm. he was the one who orchestrated it. I mean, he's the one who, who, who created it. Yeah, incidentally... It's revealed he created it as a weapon um, against GIs, which obviously didn't work because the whole point of GIs is they are indestructible main protagonists. Um, <laughs> Man, those main prota- those main protagonist genes are the best genes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won't be without Renny um, um, New Earth stuff for for too long though, because Hunted with Holden starts in Prog Two Thousand. Really? Yep. Is so that, is that find- series? Uh, yeah, that was the thing that was previewed ages ago with like uh, the Traitor General on the cover. Um, oh, but no, it's definitely a new Earth thing with um, Rennie and Holden about the Traitor General. Presumably, presumably before Rogue Trooper started. I don't know. Oh, I thought it was just going to be a, a one-off Rogue Trooper story, but okay. I thought I thought most of Prog 2000's contents were going to be one-offs. I, I think, it, from what I've heard, it's the beginning of an ongoing. It could be a one. Well, that'll be though. cool. It'd be nice to get that sort of angle because he's a north, he's a he's a souther, and we don't get a lot of souther stories. No, we don't. It, it seems to be a lot about GIs against the Norts, and we, we yeah, we never got anything about the Southers, particularly when um, Rogue and then later Friday jetted off to other planets other than New Earth. It just seems to be you know swept under the carpet a bit. Southers are mostly. Kind of nerds, yeah. Kind I, of I guess losers. I guess we're supposed to view um, Southers as being like the English or like the Allies. The, the, if the, they're also, but they're also presented as like uh, Confederate Americans. Yeah, they, they've got kind of a, they've got kind of a. I can't even how to, how to describe it. They're like a, they're like gun-toting cowboys at sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of weird to have that juxtaposition against Nordland, which is clearly a German, Nazi Germany influence. Weird juxtaposition going on there. But um, Who do you think would win the fight? 
Nordlin or the Principality of Xeon? No. Oh. <laughs> no, definitely not Nordland, because at this rate they're going to bloody well destroy themselves by the next series of Jaeger. It's that's one thing I'd, I'd actually really dig about this run on Jaeger is it, we we got to see more of the underworld of actual um, Nordland. It, yeah. it, 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 we we didn't. We didn't see any of that during the run of Rogue Trooper. Um, we got to see a little bit of something in that most recent Rogue Trooper annual story, you know, from the summer special. Yeah. Don't know if you read that. We I saw did. like a we saw like a summer resort or something like that. Um, but we don't get to see enough of their society, and you are right, we don't see enough of the Southall ones either. And this is kind of why I'm really grateful to Rennie for expanding on what you can do with the Rogue Trooper universe. Yeah. That Jerry Finley Day never really did is it, it, it never when Jerry Finley Day was writing Rogue Trooper and eventually graduated to Friday and Tor Cyan under other writers. It never stopped being Hamburger Hill. Right. It never stopped being Apocalypse Now. Um, uh, though obviously there was Mercy Heights, but we don't talk about that. I haven't read um, that yet. Or Medivac, whatever. Medivac's getting reprinted soon, I think. I don't know if it was that part of... Um... I thought Tor Cyan was in there. No, no, no. Tor Cyan's in uh, Mercy Heights. Oh, maybe I'm mixing up. And then up he's Mercy revealed at the... I'm, yeah. I'm mixing up Met, uh, Medivac and Mercy Heights. I thought they were the... No, I, I had they, no idea. Medivac, I know, is one of those ones that had, like... It was, like, Zenith. Like, there were rights issues or something like that. I thought Tor Cyan started out as, like, a ambulance driver or something. Yeah, in, in Mercy Heights. Okay. That that got a floppy reprint series like four or five years ago. All right, I'll need to dig that up then. Yeah, yeah, and then they reprinted all of Tor Cyan as well, so that was good. Um, the, the the thing is, those series were good. The only problem is, is as I say, it never stopped being a, a Vietnam comic right. in space. Whereas you you can definitely say Jaeger and the Rennie runs on Trooper before and. Uh, uh, the 86ers, they are very different to the rest of um, the, the Troop-averse. They are their own things, and they've definitely got a more original slant on it. So I'm grateful for that, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with Hunted as well. So yeah, Jaeger continues to be excellent. Yep, always always a pleasure to ha- have Jaeger in the page. I just wish it would stick around for longer. Yeah, hopefully it'll be back soon. Hopefully that's not doesn't mean January. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, we'll see. So let's get into Weekly Shonen Jump as well. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about... Um, I suppose we need to talk about the elephant in the room. The main... Bleach is ended. The bleach is over. It's over! <laughs> Forever. Until we get a spin-off. Until the spin-off sequel, which the ending kind of sets up for oh my god all the if burudos it... all the burudos oh uh, uh, why burudos everywhere oh maybe you'll need to explain to me who the all these pairings are oh god don't fucking get me cuz if i even mention them the comment section is going to explode <laughs> um oh right fuck okay so bleach concluded with the the third to last chapter concluded with a fake-out ending. Yes. It, uh, Eisen, uh, who, for those who don't know, was the previous main big bad before Uatch, um, teamed up with Ichigo, and they managed to defeat him. With the old switcheroo. Then with the old switcheroo, and then the penultimate chapter, 
was a 10 years later chapter. Time jumps in manga? Never have I known. No. Then we got a brief flashback to what happened after the fight with Uach. Turns out he's not actually dead. He's, he's still around. He will never fucking die, because when you make your main villain god, you cannot kill him. Yeah, only can shoot him into space. <sighs> yeah, take, please take some leave from Araki. He knew how to deal with that shit. Um... And no, it's the final chapter was yes another ten years later scenario where Ichigo and Orihime have a child, Renji and Rukia have a child. There's this whole kind of repeat history thing where it's not dissimilar to what happened in the first chapter, and bam, the end. Uh, well, I don't I don't give a shit. I hated I hated this final you, chapter. You hated Uh coming back, and then the and then uh, Baruto reaching in and just squished. Oh. Him. Yes, yes. It's so the, the, powerful. Oh my god. Oh, f- it was fucking atrocious. Oh, you gotta want- I had a I had a moment where I flicked the final page and I just kind of went ten years of my life. Burn all your books. Burn it all. I, I, I was not happy at all. It was I'd rather he'd actually just had some respect and said, No, I'm ending it. There will be no spin offs. It's a rushed conclusion, but it's a conclusion nonetheless. But the cheapness of him basically turning around and saying, No, I'm open to a conclu- uh, a sequel. Huh. Um, no, that's just, it was, it was fucking terrible. I mean, you didn't even know at the conclusion of Naruto, well, no, we knew at the conclusion of Naruto that there was going to be a follow-up, we knew, but it wasn't explicitly stated within the context that, that's of true. what happened. I, I, I don't think they did the, the, I don't think there were children at the, at the, in the conclusion of Naruto. No, they, I don't they think there were. Produced yet. No, it, 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 and then obviously we got that miniseries a year later, that was successful, um, I liked it. I think you enjoyed it. I liked it more than Naruto. Yeah, and we've now got a new monthly series, which has been going for about five months now, I can fairly say, is actually not terrible. <laughs> On a monthly basis, it is tolerable. It's... But, oh my god, it... The conclusion to Bleach is just monumentally terrible. The, I, the, I, I the cheapness, the cash-in, all of it, it's just bad. I gotta wonder how much that comes down to editors and how much it comes down to... Uh, the Kubo just being a bad writer. Yeah, just, just, just... I wonder if... Maybe it's a Harry Potter situation. Maybe he's had this ending written for years. No, I, I, if this was the ending he had planned all along, I fucking hate him. <laughs> oh, it was bad. It was bad. I have no more to say about it other than why. Why did this need to... <laughs> my, my only comment is it felt rushed, and it was yeah. clearly rushed, and that is the most unfortunate. It was ending anyway. Why rush it? I mean, mm. just just hang on until it's done. There is a technical reason why it ended. Um, the issue it was published in exactly 15 years before was the issue it debuted in. Ah, so it was it was literally on the Monday it was published the the fifteenth anniversary. I see. I I suspect that was probably the reason why he he had OCD and he wanted to round it and oh, makes sense. I, I that's suppose. the only explanation I can think of because you know it, it's been ruled out that it was axed. He did this of his own accord apparently. Why he would do it of his own accord in such a hackneyed way? It's oh, bad, 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 really? bad, bad, bad. That's a, that's even more interesting if he's he decided to. Mm? clip it off absolutely yeah terrible and it, it, it's not even like we'll, we'll, we'll 
obviously just mentioning Coach Akami again. Coach Akami ended because this was the 2000th volume on the 40th anniversary. Not 2000, 200th. <laughs> okay. 2000 volumes, Jesus. Uh, but no, 200th volume um, on the 40th anniversary. That is a sound conclusion. And at least that series, as I understand it, is an episodic comedy. You can end It is from what I've heard, yes. Lot. Yes. It's Bleach as a running narrative just fell apart somewhere. It fell apart somewhere after the fourth or fifth year, and it never really picked itself up and just became an entertaining series of action sequences. I, I watched. Were you the one who recommended me watch the 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 YouTube video about Bleach and how it sort of failed ultimately? I I don't think I recommended any video. No, okay. Which one was this? I got that off a different podcast. They they mentioned it and I looked it up. There is a. YouTube video that explains Bleach's downward spiral pretty much is entirely based around the fact that every new arc, Ichijo's character had nothing to do. He, <laughs> exactly, his character yeah. went nowhere the entire series. That is true, because his, his entire development and uh, even the execution of his uh, arc concluded... Um, at the end of the Soul Society storyline, which was the, the first storyline. So it finished up there. Throughout all of Quake Commando, throughout all of Fake Karakura, throughout all of True Karakura, and throughout all of the Quincy bullshit that's been going on for the last four years, he's done nothing. Even you mentioned, like, a couple of months ago when he just reappears, it's like, oh, hey, the main character's back. He's had fuck all to do for the last ten years. And it's so frustrating because on paper, Bleach is amazing. And I fell in love with it for a reason because early on it was amazing. Right. And I would still heavily recommend the first 20 to 30 volumes. But after that, it just collapses under its own bloated, you know, girth. Of course, I came into Bleach at the end of the last arc, just before the Quincy invasion. Yeah. And... I came in like I did with most of these series without any real context because I never read any of them. I I avoided Bleach, Naruto, and for a long time Dragon Ball uh, when I was that age to get into it because they all seemed kind of samey and Shonen really wasn't my thing at the time. So anyway, I come into these series late and there's a lot of stuff going on in Bleach I don't understand. But the one thing I did like was the art was generally good. The fights were generally well choreographed and very over the top. The Whenever there was an action scene going on, things were good in Bleach, and Bleach was a good issue. Whenever there was plot stuff going on, I got lost. Nah. Yeah. I miss Masty Masculine. I miss the Luchador guys. Yeah. Literally the only villains in this entire storyline that were worth giving a damn were the ones that were killed off in the first half of this arc. And the thing is, it's just so little has been, you know, actually bothered to be answered. It's it's like in the penultimate storyline, at least half a dozen characters turned up. And I was like, wait, hang on, weren't you killed off? Didn't you die? It's like, what are you still doing alive? It's just... one of the big glaring ones that has been obviously been answered is, is not to be answered even, is the fact that you hatch shouldn't continue to exist... With the and the universe should still be allowed. It wasn't the whole thing where he ingested the previous god. The fact that he basically became a ticking time bomb for reality. 
this never got addressed and has not been addressed and apparently now 15 years has passed and it's still not happened and how long I, has Unatch been around oh he, well as a villain uh, yeah i mean as a character just as a concept uh, literally as soon as you started reading he oh. never appeared before this storyline he, he oh Oh, okay. So he he was a, he was a new character. He was a new villain four years ago. Okay. The, so as the, leader leader of the Quincy's, they didn't have a. He'd never been introduced before then. Okay. Which is another reason why it fucking sucked because you See, cannot introduce a new villain for the final act. I thought going into the time jump, I thought there was going to be a swerve. I thought because Uatch's power was that he can he changes the future to to adjust the present. And I thought mm-hmm. what we were going to see was he was in the future. Basically, the way he escaped death was by by escaping to the future yes. that he saw. And I thought there was going to be this whole thing. And it almost actually went that direction when he started to, like, revive. Because there was that whole thing where, oh, look, it's, it's his energy signature. He's coming back. But then fucking Kid Ninja just pops him like a blister. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Because obviously this would make... Ichigo's child would be one quarter Quincy. Right. So he would still have the proficiency to use Quincy powers. But it... it, it oh, there's not. If there is a sequel, I just hope it addresses these problems. <laughs> Please. And I hope somebody else writes it, because it is the script that has dragged it down for so long. And... Kubo was a fantastic writer for that first storyline, but he obviously ran out of ideas, but the series was super popular, so he had to keep it going. Right. He didn't have the integrity that other writers, like um, uh, the Assassination Classroom guy, who can write really short, really popular series, but say, no, I've reached a point, I'm ending it. Kubo just kept going and going and going while there was money, so... Ugh. And apparently the, the franchise is dead here in the West, but it's still super popular in japan is it i thought it was like the other way around I no no japan got sick of it from what i've seen sales are really good there for the trades but sales here are almost dead so i don't know i don't know this is another thing that's really difficult to gauge with the fans is it's so varied from because it's, it's bleach was a big thing in france as well so i've not a clue how well it's doing there it was a big thing in Spain. I'm not sure how well it's doing there. It was a big thing in Brazil. No idea how well it's doing there. But ugh, it, it's a mess. It is a collateral mess. And I don't even want to begin looking at the online um, opinions that exist about the conclusion. Because some are probably... The, the really annoying thing is the Bleach fandom seem to fall into the, the, the shipping war debate that destroys fandoms, and I absolutely hate it. The shipping wars? Yeah. Which is the worst thing about any kind of fandom. Oh, yeah. You are, of course, aware of what a shipping war is. I, 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 I am quite aware of what a shipping oh, war is. Oh, horrible. Horrible. And apparently this final chapter really annoyed some people because... Oh, you know, people didn't end up with who they wanted to. It's just kind of like, it's not a romantic series. It was never a romantic series. This whole conclusion was an ass pull anyway. Right. It was it was the inverse Nisekoi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck this. And now Love Rush is filling the boots for both series, so God help us. Well, we actually should talk about the other new action series, which has, has, has oh, graced cool. us. Uh, Red Sprite. 
which we got the first three chapters of, and we didn't get the fourth, but it is going to be added to the lineup yeah. next uh, week, this week. We'll probably get a double we'll next get, week. We'll get double episodes, so look forward to Double Love Rush. Yeah. No, I'm not reading it. Uh, but <laughs> Sorry, I'm not reading it. For, for, for first comment about uh, Red Sprite. More orphans. Yeah. More is this a orphans. thing now? <laughs> so Why are there so many orphans? Yeah. Honestly, actually, you want to know what the, the the reason for that is? It's because of post World War Two. Oh, of course. It, it's a, the orphanage lifestyle is just kind of in the collective conscious of Japanese society. Oh, I so, see. So many displaced children. I see. I, I, I of course, Grave of the Fireflies yeah, and it, all that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I, th- I think it just comes out of a post war like when your country, mentality when yeah. your country is bombed see the u.s doesn't have that because our country was never a f- we're never bombed. we were never bombed I, I imagine your country has a lot of orphan stories in your there, there are yes there are i cannot lie there are there are a lot of orphan storylines following all along from the machine gunners and full fathom five moving up to the tracy beaker series when i was a kid there, there is a cultural thing here for orphans i i can see that because your, your countries were affected directly by the horrors of war so there were absolutely many yeah. orphans so that gets into your uh, your media culture i never noticed that until you mentioned it but you are you're very right yeah so yeah this story is I want to say it's somewhat steampunkish, I guess, in execution. Mm, uh, yeah. Where people are used as a power source because if I, I'm trying to vaguely remember here because I don't have it in front of me, it's like some sort of alternative power source that can come from your bones. Your bones. I yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, you. Well, you're just scrubbing up on Red Sprite. Yeah, I'm actually. Um, I'm just really flipping to the first chapter where they explained all the. Uh, yeah, plasmero is a fuel found inside the fossils of dead dinosaurs, which is totally not petrol. <laughs> yeah, and apparently it it, it caused a uh, a timeline shift where instead of steam power, everything moved to this uh, fossil based electricity. But it also went one step further because you could artificially infuse um, real people, real people, living things yeah. with this to give it even more power. And so these children have all been harvested basically as power sources, as batteries. And by the evil organizations, the evil world, dom- the the world powers. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, which is totally not North Korea at all. Mm. But um, <laughs> yeah. It, Red Sprite, I, I don't want to, I, I don't hate it at all, and I, I was kind of rolled my eyes a few times through the, through this first chapter, not so much through the second and third one because I actually kind of like our main character, I kind of like how gung ho he is yeah, he's, about everything. Well, well, he's a he's a bit um, Black Clover main character is like a bit, a bit Aster, he's yeah, a bit he, Aster. he is, but he's. It, it's not terrible, is the only thing, and it's it's actually kind of endearing. I do like the core conceit. Um, you know, humans generating power is one of my favourite parts of um, this kind of punk sci-fi. Um, it, 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 it's in a lot of things. It's in The Matrix, of course. It's in... Um, oh, I'm trying to think what else it was in. It, oh, it's, it's in all over the place. Um, but I, the main problem I have with the series right now is the art. Yeah, it does. It's really, really rough. It's rough and it's sort of simplistic and it's it just doesn't have any kind of like 
oomph to it. I mean, no. Black Clover's first few chapters were like that, but it's really picked up a lot in his later chapters. I was actually going to bring that up, yeah. Yeah. But I, this one doesn't feel like it's got any oomph to it. No. it. See where it goes, because... As, as you mentioned with Black Clover, Black Clover developed its art style really damn quickly. Um, hopefully, Red Sprite with a little bit of, um, uh, you know, a couple of months down the line, it'll be a lot better. I mean, even even Hero Academia's art initially on was a lot more crude than it is right now. Um, same for Toriko. Yeah, I mean, you can look at One Piece, you compare Oda's current style to the early chapters. What it it's was. Al- it's, yeah, it's almost unrecognisable. Um, so particularly if you're working on a weekly basis, your art style changes phenomenally quickly. Um, so I, I'm not putting that down as a major detraction because this is obviously kind of like the, um, the daily demon diaries guy. This is someone who's very new to, uh, the art, the, 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 to the medium. So he's obviously just got to learn the ropes. It's fine. Be patient. Um, get, get some, get some, assistance. get some experience, get some assistance. Yes. Yeah. His, his art style actually reminds me a little bit of uh, Isayama, the Attack and Titan guy. Yeah, that's really rough too. If you really, if you really look at like even the current stuff, it's not actually the most proficient. No. In manga form. Yeah. It, it, it almost feels kind of small press in a way. It Very does. unrefined, and that's not to slight small press. Obviously, obviously all the, all the great people started in small press. Um, but you, you got to start somewhere. I think, I think Red, Red Sprite's problem is it kind of feels like assembly line. Yes. In, in some respects, it, it feels like this guy, whoever the guy who's doing it is just doing it to do it as opposed to putting mm-hmm. much passion into it. Yeah. I, I guess is what I'm getting at. I don't know. He, that... He's not throwing all his um, eggs into one basket. He's kind of on autopilot, I presume. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of fear that this series may not last for very long. That is that is the problem. Alternatively, I said about the same thing for Black Clover when that started. True. And Black Clover's been going for a and, fair while now. Yeah, and Black Clover is filling a pretty major gap with no Naruto and no Bleach in yes. being a pure action fantasy. Which mm. is something this, this this jump desperately requires to you know to be yeah. what jump is, and and if sprite uh, if red sprite continues to improve, you know let, let's see. I definitely think the second and third were an improvement over the first. So if it could continue that upward spiral, then I'm cool with it. Um, I just kind of hope it doesn't go in any other cliche routes. If it can keep. Um, you know, a, a degree of compellingness with that also what you've come to expect with the genre. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with that. It, 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 it can just become a nice, steady staple. It, um, it does seem like its main status quo is going to be like an air pirates type of deal. Yes. Where these kids are basically going around the world rescuing their, their orphan friends who have been yeah. put into f- progressively and progressively more disturbing mecha monsters. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. It, I, I, I do like the, the, the aesthetic of the world, um, and I do like where it could potentially go. But after three chapters, um, I'm not 100% certain it can achieve those. If it is going to be in part of the lineup, I'm happy to have it along for the ride, happy to continue reading it. Um, obviously, we'll check back in every month, see what 
track the progress. Um, but of the, th- uh, the first three chapters, there have been far worse previews so far. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I have modest hopes for Red Sprites in that it can be a, a fun series. Yeah. I'll be honest, it does... Um, do you remember... See, if, I can't remember those series I don't remember, or I can't... I, I That didn't really leave an impression on me. Like, do you remember that? Yeah. Was with the kid that would get... That would... Uh, Basically, you could learn talents. Oh, hi-fi them. clusters. Hi-fi clusters. This kind of reminds me of a, like hi-fi cluster uh, uh, quality, which yeah. isn't that you know that high. It's definitely not uh, Stealth Symphony. I'll, I'll no, tell you that for a dollar. Where is that absolutely... guy? Where is that guy? Yeah, where is Narita? He hasn't done anything recently, um, or at least nothing that's been printed in English. We. I'm so frustrated that it's been nearly three years since, um, or two and a half since, um, oh damn, Stealth Symphony concluded, and we've still got no trade paperbacks. So. Oh, no collected version. Yeah, well, it it failed. It probably isn't going to get one in English. Damn it. Unfortunately, that's yeah. really... I... It's particularly frustrating because there were three epilogue chapters that just were never translated. Oh, and we never and got them. Oh, yeah, I'll look those up. There's no fan translations. I've looked everywhere. Mm. There's, damn it. I miss Stealth Symphony. Yeah, it, it is a pity, in particularly in regards to Hunter Hunter, because if Hunter Hunter would stop going on hiatus, it could fill that void quite well itself. Yeah. Hunter Hunter could come back and just be like number two to One Piece, like yes. without trying. Quite easily. Yeah, but of course, there's, hell, there's creator health risks there, so what can you do? Yeah. Well, let's wrap this up. Let's get into our lightning rounds. Real quick, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, I'll kick off with 2000 AD. What did you make of Scarlet Trace's Cold War? Um, kind... Well, definitely... Last time we mentioned it was definitely going for the political commentary, and that ain't stopped. No. It continues. <laughs> Native Americans much? Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the stuff with Venus, the, the ecology of Venus, and... How the the two people together were strong enough to repel the Martians, but once they one side betrayed the other, they were doomed. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. Also, the uh, the character who was pregnant, being a traitor, was like kind of predictable. Yeah, it was a it was a double. It was kind of like a double backhander. Yeah. I it's kind of unfortunate. It kind of feels like I this feels like it definitely should have been longer uh, for a first outing. It didn't. It definitely feels like it just started up, ended on a cliffhanger. And when, who knows when it'll come back. I can't help but wonder if the, the, the structural problems to this, and perhaps because this was originally intended as a graphic novel, like the previous ones were. That and, could be it. And because of the changing in ownership, uh, 2000 AD obviously retooled it as a weekly, and it hasn't quite worked out. It's possible that this wasn't obviously the entirety of the graphic novel, and the next run might help remedy one or two of the, the concerns you have about it. Otherwise, I, I really, really dig Scarlet Traces yep. this time around. I think it was perfectly uh, succinct. It had a fantastic self-contained feel from the previous, at least, but it did have an excellent lead into the next storyline. Uh, the the revelation that the Martians are uh, changing, and mu- well, not, not so much mutating, but as body-switching. Dalek is- are superior... I cannot lie. Yeah, da- Daleks in Manhattan did come to mind. That's not my favorite story, but um, it is 
it's an interesting revelation and it it has looked fantastic throughout it has been nothing less than entertaining i don't think it's edgington's best work as a single but let's see how it does collectively in terms of the rest of scarlet traces um let's let's see what happens when it comes around next time which will probably be next year if not the year after I, I actually finished rereading Stickleback recently, and I want this creative team to get back on Stickleback. Yeah. Or more Helium. Yeah, that's been hanging for a while, Stickleback. Especially after the last cliffhanger with, you know, Sherlock Holmes, yeah. I guess. Uh, whether it'll come back as Stickleback or it'll come out back as another name would be nice to be anything at this point. Yeah, definitely. I kind of get the feeling that this next one's going to be the last one, so... Uh, but no, go on, no. Lightning round, lightning round. Uh, Judge Anderson, the Cadet, which oh. kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, Emma B. Emma BB. 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 Uh, is way better at this than Alan Grant is. Yeah. I think long term she's better at this than Alan Grant is because this is her third or fourth spin on Anderson. Did she, she do, all, doing this did, for a did while she do all the Cadet ones? I thought that was Alan Grant. Uh, no, I don't think she did the cadet ones, but she's definitely done a few ones with um, Anderson teaming up with this Flowers character. She, He's definitely a creation by her. Okay. Because originally he was introduced as a rookie that Anderson took on a hot dog run. Okay. And yeah. now he's like but... a fully-fledged street judge, and it's, a, it's kind of like he's the assistant character that she has for when she writes Anderson. What, and I, I, I completely agree. I think she has done excellent... Excellent run in it. She's definitely doing a lot more interesting stuff that Grant has done in a long time. Um, Nick Dyer has been fantastic on art. Uh, yeah, I, he's definitely improved significantly since his like debut way back with like the Mutants in Mega City One story. Yeah, uh, I, I was never sure what to make of him then, but now Nick Dyer seems to be an amalgamation of Cam and Ian Kennedy. Oh yeah, he he is channeling the Cam Kennedy here, something fierce. He's definitely and he was definitely more like anime back back then. Back when, yeah. Now he's definitely tightened up with the, or I guess loosened up uh, with the Cam Kennedy ink and stuff. Absolutely, but I also I think his composition is fantastic and very Cam Kennedy. There's just that sequence where all the um, the the riots are going on outside, and there's just this slow sequence where you see the perspective of a shutter opening, and then it switches to see all these riot judges, and the riot judges look friggin' terrifying. <laughs> it's it, it it's pure Cam Kennedy, and I I love it. I love it. I really love to see Nick Dyer write more. Uh, well, sorry, illustrate more. Dreadworld stuff. He's he's got it down to a T at this point. Um, it was almost oh, a shame oh, to have I, Ben Wilshire. God, I, I I knew there was something off about that last chapter. Yeah, Ben Wilshire took over. <laughs> yeah, I just realized he did. Wow, that's dramatic. He's this isn't the first time he's done it because remember the ten seconders. Yeah, yeah, he, he concluded that as well. But he was he's a, he was a slightly better fit with um oh what's his name. I really like him too. The other artist on Ten Seconders, he was definitely oh, Ian Bagwell. Bag- uh, uh, yeah, he was Bagwell. No, it's not Ian Bagwell, Bagwell but yeah, he was a lot um, sort of Bagwell than he is uh, drier. Yeah, I, I I remember turning the page a little bit and going, "Hello, Wilshire, my old friend." It's, it's unfortunate because he hasn't seemed to have done any major long form story since Lenny Zero. Yeah, he definitely feels like he's working as like the fill in guy. 
Yeah, which is a shame. It's 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 not fair on him because he is a fan. Unless he wants to do that, I guess. But he's he's definitely one well, of my no, personal he's, favorites. He's done some of the movie dread stuff. Oh yes, he did. I remember. He that, did yeah. the one with the the, the dust, the uh, the nano dust. Yes, recently. he did. I remember. Uh, no, that's a shame. But no, I'll be happy to have more Anderson like this. We are having an Alan Grant and um, Dave Roach uh, Anderson story in two thousand. Prog 2000, which I'm really looking forward to just for the art because wow, Roach is a good artist. Um, he he was like one of the early Judge Anderson artists, right? He was, yes, and he, he I think he's got better with age. He does suffer from the one problem I have, and I actually have to take my hat off to Nick Dyer for this. Stop drawing Judge Anderson like she's twenty odd years old. Uh, yeah, do, she's in her fifties now. Damn it. She was definitely looking a little bit harder here than she usually is presented. And that's kind of why I was really happy about with, it. Because, with the haircuts and all. Yeah. Looking at her age a little bit, which is, you know, kind of the whole point of 2000 AD. Why is Bill Savage and Dread allowed to get older with time, but, you know, Anderson isn't? S- smacks of sexism a little bit, but... Dyer did address it, and obviously Wilshire was channeling that. I think he did a really good Anderson in this final story, in his final part even. Uh, but Roach, Roach is a stylized guy, you know. All his women look like Vampirella, so <laughs> whatever. He's a fantastic artist, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what was next after that? Uh, oh, we had a Fargs thriller this time around. Yeah, the, uh, the Mind Mine. I was really uncertain what to make of this. Um, Talk me through what you thought of it. What, you mean like plot-wise or...? Well, both plot... Well, plot-wise, it it seemed almost kind of... Like, I wasn't certain where it was going at first, but then the final part, I was left with a bit of a, why didn't I see that coming? Um, But also, at the same time, it, it... it felt like it was originally supposed to be a future shock, but it got padded out a little bit. Yeah, well, that's sort of true with most of the Tharg's thrillers. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, true enough. But um, I guess who who did this? Uh, Rory McConville, who's I believe this is a debut for him. Ooh, so... but he got paired with Colin McNeil. No wonder it looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> That was the other thing as well. We we don't. Colin McNeil is a fairly frequent artist, so you don't tend to see frequent artists do thrillers or future shocks. Future shocks and thrillers tend to be for people who like, uh, are, 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 are a test like run, doing a test run, or people like, um, uh, oh Christ, unfollow artist. Trying to think of his name, but yeah, or people who only turn up every now and again. Right. So. But so having McNeil on a filler was really unusual, but um, I liked it. I, I really dig this solid little free parser, and having read the floppy that was reprinted recently, that includes Gunheads, um, uh, that um, John Davis Hunt Mecca one right. was really good. Um, I just want a proper trade paperback of the thrillers because they're proving to be more solid than bad. Overall, especially considering I'm not the biggest fan of Future Shocks. Right. I liked it. I thought it was a good little story. It, it set up, you know, the the bomb defusal guy, and then he gets betrayed by his government and mm-hmm. picks up where the, I guess, criminal enterprise left off in the end. Yeah. Like, you are few, I am many. And, yeah, it's... 
Yeah, it, it just kind of ends is the one problem with a lot of the future shocks is there's a lot of build up and then on the final page there's like a rush for a conclusion. Yeah. And then, of course this it, one this one had that as well. It had a, you know, an interesting, you know, um thing about the mind, perception, that sort of thing. Yeah. So which uh, it's, you know, a little bit of John Smith going on. Yeah. I can't argue that it was entertaining, but the, the problem is, is like so many thrillers, I probably won't remember it long for. Right. But, but for what it was made for, which is short-term entertainment, it absolutely hit home. Good stuff. And we should probably conclude with, of course, uh, Judge Dredd. Oh, God, yeah, Lady Killer. Um, wow, uh, the, there was a twist at this. Um, PJ maybe might well be dead. Maybe. Well, maybe it's this is a big thing, and I'm kind of amazed there wasn't you know more of a buzz about this. It's kind of like um, when Death was killed off, there was a huge media outcry about, it, and obviously his return was a big thing. But people just seem to have quietly accepted the fact that Dread's you know second or third biggest foe is you know gone. Yeah, I mean. It feels final, the way it ends, and I think... But this is PJ, maybe. Right. So. And, you know, he's a slippery devil, and there was that whole arc with him, like, putting himself in the cube and then getting himself released. Yeah, you wonder how many times there's been, like, a, a switcheroo going on. But it, it felt like that this was the real PJ, maybe. But then again, he does... He was too psychotic. He does, he, he does a lot of mind control stuff. Convincing people that they are him is not something I wouldn't put past him. Yeah, because there's still that one um, uh, perp in another cell who um, was apparently the serial serial killer. Right. But there's this whole thing where he's pretending to be PJ maybe and there's a a, a big, um, you know, kind of what's going on. I got to reread serial serial. I think there needs to be a proper re-release because there was a there was a PJ maybe trade paperback. The complete PJ maybe. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bit out of. I think that was probably released around about the time he was incarcerated for the first time, uh, and then that, day, day 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 of chaos happened. No, so. actually, you want to know where it cut off? It cut off just before that um uh, that uh, the South American. Uh, uh, Mega City. I forget. I can never. Oh, see your dead Baron Creel. Oh, okay. So that it, whole thing it missed out a lot of stuff. Yeah, it, it, it. I believe it missed the part where he put his brain in that. No, it may have had that story where it, he he did the brain swap. Yes. But then when he was elected mayor, that story yeah. hadn't okay. printed yet. So it misses out all of Tour of Duty. Right to tour all of Day of Chaos, all the stuff that happened in between, all the post Day of Chaos stuff. That um that that one way caught Fear Fire and Mortis, uh, serial serial. You want to know what's it, funny? That that one where he gets elected mayor is actually reprinted. It's in the it's in the Henry Flint collection. Oh, and it'll probably be in the Tour of Duty one as well. Thinking about it, won't it? It may also be there. You know what? At this point with those collections, I'm just saying to people, skip those trades. Just go with the case files. You're good. Because <laughs> at least then you're getting more or less everything. Yeah. Except for America. But I thought, I thought if this is the end of PJ Maybe, I think it was a satisfying conclusion because it does mm-hmm. feel like this is a guy who wants to impress Judge Dredd. He, want, he, he sees Dredd as his nemesis, so he wants to impress Judge Dredd. And if you keep doing that enough, 
you're going to run yourself into a corner. When, and when guys like PJ maybe get into a corner, they can't cope. Yeah. And I think this this particular series is the story of PJ maybe can't cope. Yeah, that is basically it, to be fair. Um, I One disappointing thing is I thought it's the, the, the reveal that Vienna was replaced by a judge, imp- I think was disappointing. I think it would have been better if she had just escaped on her own because yeah. she was a dread. It, yeah, that didn't really seem to add anything, did it? It, it really didn't. And it's unfortunate because I want to see more of Vienna in general. And I thought this, you know, her being bait here was actually a pretty good usage of her. Yeah. In the story, because I always would wonder why didn't PJ maybe go after the people that are you know close to Judge Dread? Yeah, and having Mrs. Grunderson and Vienna in here, Walter, yeah, yeah, Walter makes sense. Missed yes. opportunity to uh, blow uh, Miss Grunderson's brains out, but no, why would you want to do that? I love Mrs. Gunderson, and she's she survived it. I think this is probably the the, the, the shortest period between Gunderson appearances because uh, yeah. she's in she's in that one parter afterwards. Yeah, that was with probably, the Jello monster. That was probably in the drawer for a while though. Yeah, it's a one off. I, I, I yeah. I, I kind of like that one shot. What did you think of that one? It was okay. Yeah, yeah. I like dinosaurs. They're cool. Yeah, giant pink jello dinosaurs. And I, the, the, the ending was probably... I actually like the ending because where the the kid was trying to get attention from... Basically, the kid's trying to get his dad's attention because he, he, he is being neglected. And yeah. the, the dad gets... Even though the dad's being tossed in the cube for five years, he's getting attention for what the kid did. Yeah. Turning it, probably going to turn it into a profit even though he's going to get locked up for a while. Yeah, he, he's going to become the next judge child. The next Owen Chrysler. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I thought it was all right. It was a nice little one shot, um, you know, kind of bizarre Mega City One Citizens thing. Yeah. Which a lot of people have been complaining that we're not getting enough of these days. So, you know, it's cool for, you know, like a stopgap. And between... Paul Marshall's excellent. He is. Yeah. He, he, he needs to get back on the next series of whatever the heck that bounty hunter thing he did a while ago was. That crazy... Zombo wannabe. Oh, oh, Ulysses Sweet? Oh, Ulysses Sweet, yes. Yeah, that was a weird series. When's that coming back? Um, but no, that wraps up 2000 AD, which in the build-up to Prog 2000 has been resoundingly solid. Perhaps not stellar, but solid. Uh, standouts have definitely been Dread and Jaeger. Uh, for me, anyway, Scarlet Traces. Um, otherwise Anderson and Outlier and the Thriller and Brink and everything like that have otherwise just been very good yep I'll agree with that Uh, right moving on to the lightning round for the weekly Shonen Jump before the conclusion of the episode Um, Black Clover oh yeah it's a whole thing with uh, who is it the other country attacking oh the Diamond Kingdom the Diamond Kingdom is attacking the Clover Kingdom and I guess this is sort of like unrelated to the the, the group that's been attacking previously. They're like yeah. uh, they're like a rogue element, and so mm-hmm. the the Diamond Kingdom is just sort of seeing weakness, uh, an opportunity to attack the Clover Kingdom. And we basically we get to see we've been seeing the um, the uh, shoot the um, Golden, Golden Dawn? Dawn do their thing, see what they, yeah. what they've been up to. Golden Dawn are overpowered as shit. Yeah. 
and they know it. Yeah. If rookies like you know are able to take on the strongest of the, the Diamond Kingdom, Diamond Kingdom is never going to be a particularly threatening entity. No. They're, no, they're gonna, it is. They're going to get chewed up by uh, the, the other group, I bet. Yeah, quite possible. The thing is, Diamond Kingdom have obviously appeared before. There was that whole um, uh, bunker storyline where um, the, the, the guy who can use two different types of magic turned up. Um, he was from the Diamond Kingdom. And... Oh, they were. That's right. They were going into the the treasure cave or the Mana Cave. Yes. Was that them? Yeah, that because that was when um, Asta got his second sword. Um, right. Okay. The, the the one that can absorb ma- magic and these guys. Just, I actually kind of forgot they existed because we've been focusing on um, I the Midnight Sun for so long. The Midnight Sun. They're the terrorist group. Yes. Um, and obviously, the, the most recent chapter has ended on the conclusion that Yami seems to be on. Seem, he has the suspicion that um, Golden Dawn Captain is also uh, the leader of Midnight Sun. Oh, which, oh, is that what the implication was? I, I Oh, yeah. I thought he thought it was the Wizard King or something. Like, no, it doesn't I, I'm make any sense. Yeah, it, it just kind of strikes me because. Um, Poor Yami, he's totally going to die. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he absolutely reeks of, you know. Master Apprentice or Master Dies scenario, but you know you can't have red, you can't have the black balls without a captain. So he's got a bit of mileage in him left, I guess. Um, black Clover is solid right now if you take it on a week by week basis. Um, overall, uh, I'm interested to see where this whole thing with the Diamond Kingdom does go because whether they do turn out to be a complete bunch of stooges and they'll become you know the backbench villains. Who knows? But um, I, I, I'm enjoying... I particularly like this thing with Fenrel and his whole family of teleporters. How yeah. he kind of got dethroned as the um, uh, as, as, as the, 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 the heritage for the, the family, for his younger brother, who's, like pretty much everyone else in Golden Dawn, a complete dick. Yep. I'm just going to kill all these civilians, because uh, that's the only, way I can. I can, the only way I can think of solving this problem. Yeah. <laughs> Typical upper-class douchebag. Um, but no, I'm really digging... I, yeah, I am really digging Black Clover. Um, there are a few things that annoyed me in this most recent chapter, particularly you know seems to be having like a harem thing going on, hmm. which is usually a thing for the main character, but, nah, whatever. She, I don't... She's 19. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Oh, even not even fairies can resist the charms of our completely vapid, emotionless secondary character. <laughs> our number two. Our number two. Sasuke. Oh, oh so I was about to say that. <laughs> no. No, Black Clover is otherwise utterly entertaining if you take it on a week by week basis. Blue Exorcist. I'm trying to. It's been a while since I read it, rummaging through my mind. Um, I can't remember yeah, what this, happened. This, yeah, this recent chapter was a little bit weird because it was more, it was less of a follow up to everything that was going on with the Serpent God, and more a follow up to um, that really short chapter a while ago where um, Rin and um, Hime were almost were like having a romantic back and forth, but it didn't go anywhere. Right, and it's still not going anywhere. It's still not going anywhere because apparently now she's engaged to the douchebag villain from the first storyline who has not appeared in like a hundred chapters. Okay. 
I, I've no idea what's going on there because I've still got a massive hole in my reading from Blue Exorcist. I should really just get around to stopping that gap because it would probably answer a lot of questions I have um, about the supporting cast and what their motivations are. Yeah, Blue Exorcist, is, I recall every time I read it, I enjoy it. I can't remember anything about it until yeah. I read the next one. Yeah, I think I think we both need to just go back and reread read it. Yeah, reread a lot of it because I don't I, I, I know I'm Rin's, not... Rin's still trying to kill himself to unlock his hidden potential. <laughs> God damn it! He won't it... tell his friends because uh, he's got to do it by himself. He's a brooding hero. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's 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 a solid chapter this month's one, uh, but I am looking forward to the next one to see where that goes. Uh, Baruto. Ah, daddy's found out the truth. Yeah. Baruto, what are you going to do next? Oh, wait, the bad guys have arrived, so let's uh, put yeah. the back burner for a minute. Distraction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, uh, Naruto, Sasuke, you're actually useful for a change. Naruto is so dead, by the way. I bet, I bet, is he? I bet they're going to kill Naruto. I, I think, I don't think they have the balls to do that. <laughs> I don't honestly think they would say halfway, you know, five, six chapters into a sequel storyline, they'd kill off the main characters from the previous one. I don't think they'd have the balls to do that. That'd be like in a new Star Wars trilogy, killing Han Solo. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, uh, yeah. God damn it. It's, it's not N- Naruto. Yeah, yeah, he's probably dead. I agree with you. He is probably dead. No way would they have the balls to do it, though. I know, right? Let's see where it goes, because these villains, I have not a clue what their motivations are so far. It hasn't been explained properly. Um, The the entire series so far has mainly been about establishing the fact that Boruto is a physically weaker person, and he's, you know, he's a cheat. So let's see let's see where that goes, but I'll probably have to wait until the chapter after next. Um, I don't think we've actually had a proper fight sequence by this artist yet, so I'm I'm, I'm interested to see whether he is, um, you know, easier to easier to understand what's going on than in um, Kishimoto's case. Yeah, Kishimoto, aesthetically wise, is an excellent artist. Uh, in terms of fight choreography, he's not the best. So let's see where this guy who's trying to ape him a little bit here takes it. Uh, food Wars. I've learned so much about bears. <laughs> I learned so much about bears as well, but we're not talking about the same type of bear. Um, yeah, <laughs> who would have thought that was actually an, an edible meat? Well, I, I, would have... I knew it was edible. I didn't realize how stinky it was. I, I didn't know that either, but... You can't get bear over here. I, I, I should imagine it's difficult over there, but at least you guys have native bear species. That's we, true. You, we haven't killed all the bears. No, no, I don't think we. We don't think we ever had bears. You here. might not I don't have had bears. I'm not sure where, where bears. We had wolves, and they're back now. But um, I wouldn't like to try eating a wolf. But no, bear meat. That, that's just one of those things you would never think about eating. So it was really weird when it's just like, oh, the, the the core thing for this dish has to be bear. And I'm you like, never eaten bear balls. The delicacy no. in some regions. Is that a thing? You know, all the parts of the bear. Why? Because uh, you can, I guess. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> That's some Game of Thrones level shit there. But, um, no. It's actually really, really interesting right now, just seeing 
Um, obviously, the spice side of it, which is as somebody who is not a particularly good cook, spices are way beyond me. Um, so actually having a degree of education about it is, is, is quite fun. I'm remarkably endearing. And I also want to eat bear now for some reason. One Piece. One Piece. Wow, those guys sure are Nazis. Yeah, they are Nazis. They sure They have Nazis. a great fucking eagle in their dining room. They are uh, Nazis. San- Sanji's folks is good peoples. Yes. <laughs> Sanji, your family is full of dicks. They beat a cook up because you gave her a compliment. <laughs> a bunch of dicks. Um... But apparently all the foot soldiers are clones. Really? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's what that was about. What does this country... What does Germa want? What do they want? Presumably they want to take over the Big Mom clan by offing her at some point like after... Marry in, then off Big Mom? Is that like we, the scheme? Yeah. Well, How could the, this the, possibly go wrong? We'll, we'll turn the Candy Kingdom into a, into a, into a fascist state. Now that, that won't go wrong. <laughs> That's basically what Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was. Um, One Piece is really entertaining right now, though. Um, there's a lot of kind of world politics going on. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's, with... it's, it's all going to come down to Sanji and what's her name, uh, his uh, betrothed. Oh, a pudding? Pudding, because she's definitely not a bad person. Yeah. So you, you get the sense that once those two actually get to know each other, they'll in, in, they'll they'll have some sort of scheme. Yeah. Together. I I'm sure there'll be a big blowout at the wedding. Yeah, there's of course there's always a big wedding shebang. Imagine imagine if it's like um, traditional Western comic um, weddings and it's full of cameos and guest appearances. Toriko make another crossover <laughs> and Dra- and Goku and and everyone. It's, yeah, let's see how that turns out because it's definitely it's de- the wedding thing's definitely going to happen. Um, and I do kind of wonder if there's going to be a, a fake out with Pudding actually not being as nice as she is because every other one of Mama's children has so far been a complete psychopath. That's true. Biscuits, the most terrifying of all devil fruits. That's the one where he makes armor out of cake, right? No, which one? Yeah, he, he, make, he makes armor out of biscuits by the look of it. Right. That's like on his wanted poster and stuff. Oh, like that's that. right. Just, and then he stabbed Luffy. I didn't think that was possible. With biscuits. <laughs> Terrible. How can you do something like that? Uh, one Punch Man. Still going. Yeah, still. Sadly, too slowly. We very nearly didn't have an epic chapter to talk about again. In two months. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, he's still one punching his way through the tournament. That was funny. I, I thought that this was a particularly funny one where he, he knocked the wig, and that's what annoyed Saitama. It's all skew if It's just like, don't touch my hair! And, and Gino's still being a good foil to that. Yeah, actually being a serious fighter. It's it's enjoyable. Um, I can't help but feel that we're still a couple of chapters behind like the scanlations. Like, I suspect that's the problem. No, I, I, I'd like to talk to the editorial and, ex, and have an explanation for why it's We're not caught so up. infrequent. Not caught up. Yeah, basically. Um, also, what the hell is Garo doing? <laughs> where is he? Where, where's Watchdog Man? Where was that going? Where? Where? Yeah, we. it's funny because I recently picked up the 8th volume and um, 
reread like all of the the Boros storyline and how better One Punch Man reads in trade paperback format is yeah. really surprising. It's definitely gotten a lot weaker since it's become so infrequent. Yeah, it's definitely a problem. Beautiful and reads fantastic in big uh, blocks, but in its current um, publication way, it, it just needs to... We, know, we need to find a common ground. We need to find either a, a fortnightly, monthly... Keep it consistent. It needs to come out every two weeks, but... Yes. Don't. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a big problem, and I've recently found out why Murata uh, was taking uh, is taking so long. He's he's working with Udon Entertainment to make Street Fighter comics. Ah, that's his, that that seems to be his day job right now. One Punch Man is his hobby. I gotcha. That makes sense. That is fairly annoying, but. His One Punch Man, I mean, his Street Fighter art is very good, so... I'm sure it is. Yeah, I need to check those out when they finally come out. Um, but no, One Punch Man, you know, a bitter candy, because you want more, but it's not there, sadly. Uh, Seraph of the End. It was a trap all along. All along. Of who could have predicted who could this? predicted this predicament? Uh. Uh, or is it a fake out? It's definitely a fake out. It's... It's a double double cross. Yeah. Yeah. Crowley and Only these humans don't screw it up. Yeah. God damn it! And why are you still carrying that poor girl's head around? <laughs> why is it just still there in a jar? Why haven't you left it anywhere? Or why? Yeah. Seraph of the End has a few problems right now in terms of pacing and... It's definitely um, been very slow since the conclusion of that first arc. I kind of hope that this conclusion will kick it up a little bit then. Now that the, the Germans and the French and the Russians have turned up to basically say the Japanese have fucked themselves. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Germans, French and Russians. It's kind of like... History is repeating itself at some point, but... Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this is going because it does seem to be going back in more the direction of more vampire politics, which is the best bit of the series. Yeah. So let's see how this turns out. Promise Neverland, Still? which we sorry, go on. Go on. I, I was going to say is I'm I'm we mentioned a little bit earlier has now been added to the lineup. Yep, and... it is now a permanent part of the lineup, which is good because it is still excellent. Yes, it is. It's. I was beginning to feel for a little bit there was, um, oh, okay, let's get back to the demons here. And lo and behold, the most recent chapter has given us more demon stuff. Um, hopefully this will, you know, keep that pattern going. Yeah. Like we'll have an ongoing storyline and then we'll be drip fed what demon society is like. I, I so, do. I do hope we get to the, the jailbreak here pretty soon, though. I feel like it's taking a while to get to it. I do kind of wonder whether the introduction of this uh, this second matron though is like a foil for that, because now there's like three motives going on. Um, Definitely. And also, the, the bit that really interested me was the reveal that Mum also has a um, serial number on her neck. Right. So is she like cattle as well, or something? It's like, well, what's the hierarchy here? How yeah. does it work? How does it decide who survives long enough to become a mom? Yes. And um, yeah, obviously now they've got this dilemma where they need to get rid of the tracking devices, which they've discovered are in uh, the earlobe, which is, you know, a big problem. How are we going to get rid of those? But um, 
no, as a dark fantasy, it reminded me of what you know, kind of aesthetic feel. Um, this is getting you brought up last time. It reminds me a lot of that Rodriguez Lock and Key series. Yeah, so a very I similar I a kind of that. dark fantasy aesthetic feel to it. Right, well, that's Promise Neverland, which I'm enjoying. You're enjoying. Yeah, um, I'm glad to have it. Definitely glad to have it. It's definitely a change of pace. As I, I don't know if you um, caught this bit. We just had a bit of a breakup in recording there. Um, it's a bit like that Rodriguez Lock and Key series. Yes. In I, terms of feel, I guess. Yeah, I, I kind of see that. That kind of sense of overwhelming dread as these kids kind of ch- trying to explore this strange new world they've discovered and the things moving against them that they don't yeah. necessarily aren't, aren't necessarily aware of. Yeah, the Brothers Grimm kind of dark uh, fairy tale aesthetic is keeping up. Um, doesn't have any kind of the high impact violence that the first chapter had, which I kind of think is a one trick pony. Right. Um, the, the shock factor will definitely not be as severe as it was the first time. Um, but, you know, let's see where it goes. I agree. We need to have a jailbreak sometime in the next eight to ten chapters, really. Um but I think we've got enough things that need to be answered before then without rushing it. So, you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It's definitely good to have it. Um, Toriko. Holy shit. Things are happening. <laughs> yeah, things are happening real fucking fast. They're brothers. <laughs> yeah. Who, <laughs> who would have guessed yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is related. Although, um, I'm kind of confused on what just happened to his appetite. Did it, like, it became, like, self-sustaining, but then it went back into him? Uh, I think it became, like, it became, like, an equal to Neo. That makes sense. And then it did what Neo did with Acacia, and they fused, and that's why Torica lost all his hair, and he got a Kochikami eyebrow, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, things are happening real fucking fast here. Um, I'm loving it. I, I'm I'm really really loving it. Uh, Zebra Coco and Sunny are still out of commission. They're so outclassed no. at this point. Yeah, they're they're, they're young. They it is basically down now to Medora and Toriko against Medora's Neo. Medora's toast. I, now Star June's gone. Yeah, I I kind of feel he's gonna get a power up. You know, through the power of rage. Um, but. Who knows? We'll 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 we'll, <laughs> we'll find out because Medora's pretty fucking tough. Um, I think he'll I think he'll survive at least. So just I, to be clear, Neo is combined with he, Neo is Toriko's dad, or uh, uh, Acacia is Toriko's dad, and Neo is Tor- uh, is Acacia's appetite. Yeah, and who's absorbed Acacia? Yeah. Okay. And. Uh, um, Joey is a reincarnated version of Froese, who is Toriko and Stargen's mother. Right, and 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 Acacia was one of the ones who created the the like the way the world is right now. Yeah, he was basically like one of the landscapers for the the the, the food culture. Food culture, okay, okay. Which is which is really weird when you think about it, because now he's the main villain. <laughs> yeah, I I'm digging it. It's it's big. Ballsy, extravagantly big. It's getting into Gurren Lagan levels, massive. Right now, it's like wa- we're going to be walking on galaxies here pretty soon. Yeah, but we should be throwing stars at each other. 
It's it, it's gonna get big They're in a moment. Eating the hell out of the planet. I, I'm surprised there's any planet left. It's a good thing that planet is like way larger than ours. Yeah. Because uh, when when they do the when they all the extra continents, apparently the Earth is like really tiny. Yeah. The, uh, the, this thing is massive. Yeah. The rem- the remaining eight kings are so redundant now. After after the Whale King and the Dragon King and uh, the Sky King and Monkey King, God rest him, um, passed on. It seems like the rest of them just fucked off. Like, like yeah, no, no. I, I found it funny that they try they they describe Neo as a as a capture level. Like, oh yeah, he's two twenty thousand. Is it something ridiculously it high? It doesn't seem high considering the sort of monsters they fought, but. I just found it funny that they, at this point, they brought back the capture level numbers. Yeah, that's uh, like like Neo can be classified that easily. Neo is a food stuff, and he will be on Toriko's <laughs> full course meal, which I'm actually no, he is, isn't he? He's going to be the meat or something like that of it, which is really, really que- creepy when you think about mm-hmm. it. Let's let's see where it goes. Toriko, I suspect, will be wrapped up by December if not early next year. Um, because obviously Japan doesn't, you know, in terms of cancellations and stuff like that, doesn't work the same way as the West does. So yeah. December December isn't always a convenient cut-off point. Yeah. Finally, Hero Academia. My Hero Academia. Really good right now, actually. Yeah, now that we're getting into the whole uh, uh, Hero License uh, challenge. I'm... It, it, I'm so glad they didn't go to conventional, you know, tournament fighter route because they've already done that. Yeah, just battle so now royale. It's, yeah, it's battle royale and it's also nerf wars with superpowers. Yes, and it's it's pretty damn good. Yeah, Horikoshi once again is illustrating the fact that he's really good at juggling um, core characters with secondary characters, and also doesn't introduce too many new characters. It's it's. Literally, like, two schools, and each school has, like, four individuals and one new teacher, and that's it. Everybody else is fodder. Nameless, faceless. Gen- Nameless, gender faceless. Gender lutr- neutral. Absolutely. Um, and even and even then, the new guys, uh, you know, they don't, I don't think most of them have names yet. I will say it's a little bit contrived that all the Ultra Academy students seem to be succeeding. I kind of thought a few of them would get knocked out, at least in... I, I don't think all of them have passed yet, I think... They just, they haven't been knocked out yet. Yeah, I, I so I think we've got to wait until the next chapter to see the conclusion of this. Because now Midoriya and Bakugo are both through, it's kind of like, it, it's down to Ida, and that's, you know, all the other B-list characters. So, it, it's... Um, I think he'll, I think this smaller storyline will be wrapped up in the next chapter. Surely Laser Belly Button will succeed. Absolutely, I have no doubt he will do. What 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 will everybody possibly do without him? Here, Academia, really solid right now. Really good. So that wraps us up for another well two months. This is going to be for uh, August and September 2016 coverage. Uh, we'll be back again next month. To cover October 2016 of both 2080 and Weekly Shonen Jump, it should be a really interesting time post uh, Prog 2000 in particular. Yes, yeah, I'm really looking forward to just getting into Prog 2000 and seeing just how revolutionary an issue it is because it should be a notable milestone. Yeah, 
yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be looking forward to. Uh, hopefully, it'll be good. I'm, af- I'm afraid it may actually wind up being a little bit like a, how do I describe it? Like a summer special, I guess. I, yeah. I mean, it's got some good talent on board, but it also kind of feels like they're just stopping everything to celebrate instead Could of be. people with people who may not, you know, stick around. Yeah. Although I mean, the, Brian Bolland's back, so for, I guess a story. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, I mean, but at least Milligan's sticking around. If he's, if he's doing a story, that'll be good to have for mm-hmm. a while. Um, and that Trader General story, if that turns into something, that'll be kind of neat. Absolutely. Definitely. Lots of good times ahead. And Weekly Shonen Jump, hopefully we might see some more jump starts. Uh, I know Japan Jump's got some holes to fill, so. Yeah. Coach Akami, uh, amongst all of us, you just need someone to fill that. Really big. So uh, thanks for listening. You, of course, can email us at uh, weeklycomicsmonthly at gmail.com. And you can find us at, um, one sec, at wcm.guttertrash.net. And you can follow us on, you can subscribe to us on iTunes at by searching Weekly Comics Monthly in the podcast search bar. And, uh... Yeah, we still got that Twitter account. Yeah, I'm I'm updating that out with each new episode. Good. That's uh, what, Weekly Comics Monthly? That's uh, at Weekly Comics underscore weekly. uh, Weekly Comics Monthly, even, with an underscore. So you'll be able to find that, no problem. And, yeah, just if you have any questions, put them up on there. Put them up in the comments section, whatever. Uh, please do send in letters because we've had a deficit of them since we started. <laughs> uh, deficit meaning we've had zero. Zero. We have had one or two people on the Twitter like saying how do how do I get into 2018 and stuff like that, but they didn't want their letters being published when I you know PM'd them. Okay. So, yes, you know that's useful, I guess. How do you get 2000 into 2018? You buy the latest. Buy issue. it. You buy it. Frog 2000 should be a good jumping on point, or not. <laughs> but anyway, thanks very much for listening again, guys, and we'll see you in the next episode. Yep, thanks for listening. I've been Jim. I've been Zach. Bye.